0: What you waiting for? What? Put your back in it. Just a little more. Are you waiting to die? Get your body ready. Won't get hot and slow. When you finish up. The na ka. Boom! Good good episode one out three of the Talking Bollocks podcast, brought to you by Gowloud. It's me, Thirty Flower. It's me, Cob. And this week we're joined boy
1: Kenneth O'Driscoll, Coach Kenna, Ken. Sorry, how <laughs> are you, Pat? I'm good, buddy, I'm good. Yeah? Really good, yeah. How's things lately? Good, flat out, training away. Sea swimming busy. in this fucking weather. Doing a little bit already, not staying in for too long,
0: though. <laughs> yeah, I just remember we went swimming. When you know, was that, last year?
2: I think so, yeah, we went there 40 foot one, one night, like it was pitch black out, and we are in the water. It was February, and it was snowing then. It's that snow and we were in the water and everyone's like saying just relax only a few more minutes and I was like oh my god can't yeah.
0: understand that people, oh be in the water and you know, they be nearly dying, you know, I can't hack it for some reason, and right. they we'll be like that. You need to and then people say, like, just breathe, yeah. I'm yeah. like, I am fucking breathing, <laughs> you know what I mean, I'm fucking hell, if I was not yeah. bleeding I'd be under the bleed more. you know what I mean, they're like, just breathe, relax, I'm like, fuck yeah. off, get me out of here. but remember, it was like sleep.
2: Yeah, it was oh. proper snowing in the when we yeah. were in the water, it was snowing out. But it still wasn't even as cold out as it is now. No, uh, do you know the November is supposed to be the warmest to go swimming in Ireland? Right, what? Yeah. yeah. Not June or July. No, no November. The Irish is the warmest in November. Yeah, I but think no, it's only it started to the the heat up. Yeah, t- yeah. the
1: temperature starting to drop a little bit now already. Yeah. Oh, I done three or four minutes this morning, I was playing rattling.
2: Yeah. So it starts to drop now and it gets it its lowest in February. And that's when we went. So November the
0: uh, coldest in November, yeah? Oh, in no
2: the war yeah, yeah. The water itself is the warmest in November and it's the coldest in February, and then it slowly creeps back up again. So, Like during the summer, it's freezing cold, it's just that it's nice out, you don't yeah. really
1: mind it. only it. drops yeah. a small bit as well, like yeah. It fluctuates a little bit, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? But that's the thing little, as well. You think that like degree out here was 10 yeah. you it makes a big yeah. difference. Like, you know, what I mean? yeah, yeah, but they
2: were them recovery rooms. I love them, yeah. So, yeah, the first time I ever done that, yeah, I we, love we it. We start giving it to Big Charlie, yeah. Uh, we were at the undersea sea swims, and he's like, Now this water is two degrees, and I was like, Yeah, pal, I swim in the Irish Sea, and he goes, <laughs> Right, just letting you know, today the Irish Sea was 12 degrees, right? It's a big difference. This is two degrees, and I was like. Uh, yeah, no, but I, And I got in, I got out. I looked like Patrick out of bleeding SpongeBob. It was yeah. pink from the neck down. <laughs> like, bollocks, boys. But I, they are, it is tough. Like, it is sea swimming yeah. is tough, especially doing it now. You're not swimming, you're just dipping. Yeah, baby, just dipping,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. And it's the first minute to two minutes that you you have to try and grow the shock, control it's that breathing. control
1: the breathing. That's what I always do. And just try count as well. I always count the breaths. So I want am in the water. But um, yeah, the recovery rooms, I love them. Now, I go to the Royal Recovery Rooms, probably three times a week because I'm flat out training. when I train with the lads in the gym I'm, I'm training with them not only down PT yeah. with them you know what I mean and I find them playing great I love yeah. it now but well, five say ten minutes probably and then I'm bleeding, time to get out. But the beauty about that is you can jump into a warm jacuzzi after it. Yeah, you yeah, get out the yeah. 40 foot, you're fucking in the cold, you, yeah, you know what I mean? Because you're bleeding dipping into a cup of soap and all, trying oh, to get you, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You, you be exhausted after Bollocks, yeah. what's the story yeah. with that? Do you remember we'd done the Goggins Challenge and we thought we'll put a few sea swims in but in recovery and then right. you're getting out of the water and you're knackered, you're oh. like I need to have a
1: sleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd be drained. I used to love doing the night ones. I used to go out with Jen and that. Mm. Healy. We used yeah. to go out and do the night swims and that as well. Me and the lads and after I always remember getting a great Yes. Yeah You'd get after it was bleeding deadly, yeah. I love them now. I, like I said, it's if you look at the science behind the cold water dips, man, they're bleeding deadly, like especially if you're you not know, a lot of people that feel down, mm. stuff like that. You see, I just see them out there 70 and 80 years of age, and then you see them before they get in, they're all little, you no, know, their heads down, and they're not real quiet. And then five minutes in that water, they're out of really the ears, off yeah, yeah. Like, I love it. I used to go out, I try go out to the in the summertime now when it's when the sun comes up a bit earlier. I fly out there nearly. It's only twenty minutes for me. And I go out there most mornings. I oh, feel blade top of the range. You know when you get
0: you feel. That's <sighs> how we start the podcast. Yeah, basically. Fucking yeah. is. We have done a sea swim, yeah. got into the car with the boys blade, and blade, come up with the idea. Then we start, pop, talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> start Born, talking. Yeah, start talking bollocks. <laughs> so, all, like, oh, come on, we just do a podcast, and here we are. Yeah. Shall so, um, Right, we're gonna jump into zingers.
2: Yeah, we yeah, haven't done them in a long time. We we only have. Was there only one zinger? Yeah, because we didn't deal with them, and then we didn't really. Yeah, we didn't really deal with them. So I had to kind of think back, and I was like, we need to start trying to bring them back. So the last time we done it was episode 100, right? So the thing that we have hair, Ken. Yeah.
0: Got Would you right. rather go a year without shaving
1: or getting a haircut or cutting your nails? Or for me, be definitely. I'd have to go with the cutting the nails. I want to cut my nails. So yeah. so yeah,
2: Not not having a shave and knocking. would let the hair grow with the beard? you know what I mean? Would you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You have a
1: fresh cutting your nail, fresh oh, shave. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Willie the Barber. Lotion <laughs> and all. Even the <laughs> for um now for me the town nails, man. If you ever if you're a runner, especially with the big runs. Bro, you know I leave my
0: toenails for about
1: two, got about
0: two sizes big on runners before I cut like my toenails. you cracking
1: them off? Yeah. you hate cutting my hate But if you don't, I'll talk about the room later on, but if you don't cut your nails and you're running, especially with the hill ones and the ultra running, when you're going downhill, the front of the runner is catching yeah. your nails and eventually just come off, you know what I mean? So you need to bleed and I, I do have mine right back to the skin and then I foil them as well, so. That's them along. Yeah. On <laughs> okay.
2: One of the best for me goes to... Uh, it's, not, it's not a, a pedicure it, or a manicure or whatever they're called. It's like a specialist who like, Oi. they specialise in... The, I can't remember what the name is, but like on your Shropidist. nails. No, is, that
1: them? is that It the, could be that, yeah. Yet. I think that they today was your toenails anyway. Yeah, like, okay.
2: and like they put your nails in a certain shape and structure and format and all and then it'll help the yeah, like girls get it done obviously because yeah. it helps that bleeding nails grow or whatever but like he gets it done for the running <laughs> I was going to say you don't need to worry about your toenails for long distance running because they're going to fall off anyways
1: oh stop with it, but if you leave them long like they, they, they actually the sides of them cut into your toes yeah if I have took off socks and they'll be just pumping oh yeah, that, you know take I a mean?
2: sock off and your nails come off where they yeah, yeah. you ever
0: see oh, Jeff feet Oh, he already has bad feet, as there is, boys, yeah, dog. Monster, <laughs> monster yeah. It was... But his feet a running, boys, his toenails and all. He has no toenails or anything like that. The ones but... that he does have are, like, half-grown and all yeah. from all the running over the years. But yeah. it's a ch- actually, yeah. shout out to Jerry and Laura, actually. They had a baby there. Ah, nice one.
1: Yeah, Yeah, near congratulations. Near. Yeah,
0: daddy. So, yeah, uh, congratulations to you, too. But, uh, we, yeah. can't,
2: we can't select them anymore, so this was, we had this yeah. joke on since... March or February when we found out she was pregnant it was the longest pregnancy ever Ken right. we felt like she was pregnant <laughs> too yeah to be honest with you
0: we've done f- five or six live shows this year and she was pregnant for every fucking one of them right. so that made it a longer didn't yeah.
2: it and now that they had the baby now we don't know what else we're going to talk about right. so yeah, that's not, why we that's brought like Ken like in you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> just like me Well <laughs> yeah. anyways yeah Joe has uh, the worst fleet I've ever seen so the zinger is so 66% of people picked they'd rather go without a haircut yeah and 34% said that you'd rather go
1: without cutting than else. Mm. That's a mad one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's that's very uh, that's close. I enough, picked I the
0: haircut at first. Look, a lot of people
1: like me said a lot of people would pick the haircut and the shave because obviously it has that looks. But for me now, if I was running, i You'd yeah. end up just coming off being painful. so well, like
2: wearing runners, like even if you didn't run, wearing runners and all the yeah, toenails after a year is long, and your fingernails after a uh, year, your fingernails. fingernails you have to
1: get
0: we, a size to bigger. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, be like that. I, did be like, oh, I can't fit my foot in, I better cut them fucking things. You know what I mean? like <laughs> <laughs> But uh, have you got any singles for this week?
2: Yeah, so we had one right got sent into us yeah would you rather be stuck in a lift or a ski lift
0: i'm gonna go obviously i'd, I'd rather get stuck in a lift i wouldn't really give up. bollocks if i was stuck i know people are afraid of lifts and stuff yeah. like that you know people like actually have a phobia they're like if i ever got stuck in a lift like you yeah know what i mean i think that's mad like grow up
2: Alex. afraid of fred lifts remember when he's yeah people like, he are afraid of them yeah.
1: Anyone that got stuck in a lift Is terrified I don't mean, remember ever happened to you but for me I think I'd rather be in the ski lift You'd rather get stuck In the ski lift Yeah So
2: you know what a ski lift is Yeah, yeah you know, th- The seat like The conveyor belt The seats You know It's constantly moving And you have to like, line yourself up On a picture Drop set I the thought it was of one That was
1: closed in though in one of the little glass no. ones yeah. <laughs> sitting there nice and cosy looking out No, no 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 name? no he was thinking of the view <laughs> yeah, yeah you know oh, what no. I mean not sitting on that blade and pal thing no I don't know yeah it's like it a blade it's like a start. that's right. the best way to describe nah, it it's like well, a waltzer well, I think then I'd rather be stuck in the lift <laughs> but
2: like you'd be stuck and I mean you're hundreds of feet in the air you're looking down because I remember being on it and I was like it's a
1: tricky
2: one I was like imagine something happened here or like it got stuck yeah. and like it start rocking or something like you fall you're dead yeah and your, your legs are stuck in skis as well, now I don't think your legs are going to be stuck in skis in the Zinger. But I mean, you're going to be stuck in the Open, hundreds of feet in the air, Right. in a ski lift, a I'd rather be stuck, yep, stuck boy, in boy, a I small space you know, in a lift. I would
1: turn so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so what are you picking? I'm getting stuck in, in the lift of my county house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what lift are you getting stuck in? <laughs>
2: I think i will pick a lift as well, yeah, than a ski lift.
1: Same.
2: I think I would. I think, I, and other than that, is wrong. You know, some <laughs> people are claustrophobic, as you said, they'd rather be stuck out in the Open. Yeah, that high in the earth they? now Maybe they're not
0: afraid of heights But we're going to fucking find out the zinger, guys Oh, yeah, relax like, What very... am I getting for it? Someone said I haven't started on anyone in the world Not starting on Ken <laughs> He's one of us He give me a bang or something <laughs> 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 But, uh, yeah, that's it I don't have a zinger Ken, have you ever got a zinger?
1: No, I was trying to think of one, lads I think you've been through the mall
2: Yeah, going yeah, like... gonna start rolling back on them just got one every week now That we come up with One decent one <laughs> Do you piss in the shower? Yeah Yeah I look it. how honest he is. Didn't yeah. name Faze him there. Like, yeah, you had to think about the show you had this morning. And goes, yeah, I did have a business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: look, yeah. yeah. look how honest oh, he is about. yeah, oh, we <laughs> put the immersion on when I need to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of them. No, yeah, so Zingers boxed off Calvin. Any suggestions?
2: Yeah, so it was my. I actually wanted to talk about this, and then Ken come in, and you started to talk about this. So uh, I don't know how this came up the other day in conversation, but it was about fellas, obviously, not going and getting looked after. And getting ourselves checked when you know when things come up, and then it reminded me I'm actually in for a heart scan in the morning. So, in the summer, there, Ken, uh, we were doing a live show. I went on a run because I had a load of bleeding nervous energy. I was supposed to go to the gym, and I'm going on a run instead. Three. And my chest got tighter, and I couldn't breathe. And I remember going, dropping down to my knees being like, I actually can't breathe, wonder what the fuck this is. But I think I pulled a muscle in my chest, so I wasn't too sure. But I was like, Do you know what? Now I know. I'm kind of contradicting myself, saying that fellas need to go and get themselves checked more, and I'm at the leaving yeah. since the summer. But I said, "Fuck, it, I'll get it checked anyways," because it's your heart. You know what I mean? You see, fucking Christian Eriksen, professional footballer, he had an underlying heart condition that he didn't know about, so you never know what could be there. So I said, "I better go and get it checked." And then you come in and said "You're actually getting the full NCT done?"
1: Yeah, that's right. I'm going to look my I'll be away. I will next week or this week, sorry. And um, I'm going to go for it—the full bloods, the whole test. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's funny that you say that now because I need to bring back memories there. <clears throat> a couple of months ago would have been about a year ago I was, I was bench pressing doing the flyers or something like that in the gym and like that mad pain shooting pain right in the fucking centre of my bone you know what I mean I got it now I went to the doctor he'd done all the checks on me said it wasn't a heart attack but it's funny now it's, it's exactly what you were describing there whenever I was breathing I felt that tightness in my chest yeah and he reckoned it wasn't but same again he told me to go and get me bloods gives me the bleeding referral and what did i do puts the furl in the car never went to bleeding hospital
0: yeah
1: what is it about us that like why we, we don't do it it's, it's crazy mm-hmm. like we're fucking mad so you know what I yeah, mean, it do not
2: make sense it, it? And it, like it's mad because it doesn't make you a macho for not getting checked
1: no no it's a weird one
2: like imagine you had something wrong with you and like are you, are you tough because you didn't know that you had
1: yeah. we don't know i wonder are we afraid that's what i think are, it is are we afraid yeah. that we're going like to be told fruit. because like they tell you, this, no, if you feel good, you feel good, and that's how yeah. you carry on, but if you're, if you're told, you're not to have a bleeding banger, like, mm. isn't the worry of that, like, it's, but like, that, it's, like I said, it could be that, it's just that we're, we're afraid they get bad news often, probably, yeah. I don't
2: know. That's what happened to me, though, so when I went, uh, I went to just one of them rapid clinics, you know, where they can sort out. But mm. they couldn't do an ECG, and that's what I was looking for, I was like, right, just check my heart, make sure it wasn't a banger, and they took me blood pressure and said, oh, it definitely wasn't a heart attack, right. so I was like, right, then I know I'm alright. yeah. But then I was like, it came, and that day I had, I was sitting a certain way because my chest was sore. But then it came back up a few weeks later when I ran again. So I was like, I, I better go and get this looked at. So uh, it was actually on the first episode of the podcast. So that week we done the first episode. I got that check. What you oh, got done? I
0: remember you talking about that.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. but like bloods, uh, lung scan, just to check your lung capacity, uh, your heart scan, everything. <laughs> And it's sadly because then they, they get they send you the email and they give you the full list of like this right. This is everything about you, you know what I mean? But um go and get it done. Do you know I mean? And it wasn't even that big of a deal and it was a bit of a crack. Like we I made a joke about it because uh, you go and get all these tests done and then you sit down with a doctor at the end of it and she talks you through everything and she was asking me lifestyle, like smoke or drink and diet, exercise, all that, and then she said to me, uh do you Want, do you want me to do a testicular check, and I was like, I kind of got a bit shy about it. Yeah, I was yeah, like, for yeah. while, I'm here. I was like, I may as well because yeah, no point going really home. Important. But like, I'm had to get everything else checked. The one thing I should have got checked was that, yeah, because how common uh, testicular cancer is, yeah, and something that people might not know as well, it's one of the most treatable cancers out there. There's a 97% survival rate with testicular cancer
1: if you find it in time, like, yeah, so that's yeah. that's so high. So, it's get a check, isn't it? That we don't, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't I'd always encourage people straight away to go and get it done, but yeah. I, mean, I just stalled a little bit because I was, mm. like I said, I was feeling good and stuff like that. But I'm definitely getting it done like this week, you know what I mean? 100%. I've been saying it for ages, and the doctor said it to me to go and get it. So, mm. look, you just have to accept what comes back in it as well, like you know what I mean? But
2: yeah, I'll and when your once said to me, I'll do the testicle, I check there, she goes, Stand over there and pull your bottoms down. And I went, Yeah, no problem. And I went over and I said to myself, Did she say that? And then I was like, about like, I was doubting myself. And then I was like, I can't make that mistake, because imagine yeah. she didn't say that, and then yeah, she turned around, and I'm down, my jock's down, like, you know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> did she say that? And then I was like, this is mad awkward, and then she turned around, but do you know what, a doctor, it's not awkward. It's yeah, they yeah, see this yeah. every day, multiple so, times a day, yeah. so don't be embarrassed yeah. about it. Like, the person that goes to see it, that's their profession, yeah, this is what they get paid to do, you know what I mean? And yo, they probably won't even remember you. Because yeah.
1: Sure the next comes yeah in. Another one comes in, they do it definitely. You know, like you said, the cancer is a big one for the lads, so definitely go and get mm. them checked.
2: And right? another thing as well is your health is your wealth. Without a doubt. yeah. Like look at bleeding yeah. Steve Jobs, one of the wealthiest men ever, mm. couldn't save him. That's like it. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So True. this is the thing: go and get fucking checked. That's it. Whether be at. Mm. now, I'm not just saying go and get get the
1: test. He But check the body charter, but full health check. I mean, it doesn't cost that much. I don't think a lot of people. Think it'd be probably mad expensive but it's not so you know what i mean definitely go and get it done you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i just wanted to get that out there yeah and it's a good it's a good topic as well like you say the us lads What i don't know what's the ego i don't know what it is but we kind of fair it for fair weight mate you know what i mean so Definitely going yeah, to be. I think it, we're afraid it? of the truth though as well. There is a Probably
0: to be like yeah. you know, I like, oh, it'll be grand, it'll be grand, we, we always sort to put things off, don't we? Yeah. Rather than just going and getting it checked and getting it sorted. Because if you have got a problem there, the earlier you gotta believe. hundred
1: percent and, and then you, you get it sorted, yeah. You know what I mean? Imagine yeah. leaving it and then getting the bad news. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the, the yeah. downside to it, you know. Good topic conversation there, Calvin. And a good message for the boys.
0: Definitely, lads, go and, and get the, the girls balls as well. checked yeah. out, man. And the women,
2: yeah.
0: And the women as well, you know what I mean. Everyone, yeah. 100%. Ken, what we do with every guest, take us back to the start with yourself. Yeah, what's your name? Where'd you come from? What was life like growing up for you?
1: Um, my name is Ken O'Driscoll. Um, I'm a running coach in Cherry Orchard, that's where I'm living at the moment. i there most of my life. Where did it all begin? Um, I was born in James Street, right across from James's Hospital. Um, an old tenement house, I still see the remnants of it there. They knocked a load of them down. And they built apartments but you can still see it there. Um You were born in a tenement house, not in the hospital. Well, I was born in the James's hospital, sorry, yeah. No, I was born in James's hospital. Um lived in the tenement house. Oh, that's where we are living, right so right. she didn't have to go for me, Ma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cross cross the Road. road. <laughs> Coming back with um, son. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. But um yeah, hard working mother. Um, um Dad was a like great dad. He was a bit like most dads at that time, a bit of a drinker. Probably enjoyed it too much. And um my memories of James Street, I remember my mum telling me a few stories about me already running out the door or something, pulling me nappy off, running down James Street and flinging it down the blade bleeding shoots or something like that for them. Um, yeah, um, and then from there, we moved. I wouldn't have the the subject because I was asking my mum this week about you know what I mean, about the old times and stuff, and she was telling me that she, one night I was sick in James Street. I only would have been two or three at the time. But being sick all night, temperature up the wall, the whole lot, so the next morning she brought me to the hospital and um, I was dehydrated and stuff like that and then she dropped me off she was meant to be sitting there by my bedside but she ended up shooting off somewhere to go to, I think it was probably to walk or something like that she was a hard walker as well. And um, when she got back to the bleeding house, wasn't there a letter in the door now, I, don't, I don't know the exact name, for it, but she said look at that notice to say like your son's had to fucking take it a heavy turn. You know what I mean? In the hospital, and then um, have to come over here straight away. But when she got there, I was had to come around a little bit. But seemingly back then, or something like it's a dead notice that she said he he's on the way out. I that's bloody mad! I never heard of that. So, oh, I don't know. she just said it was a maybe it was just the way it was wrote, So it was a little note in the door showing your age here. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> now you just got to pick the WhatsApp. <laughs> that's it. But um, but yeah, so she said it was touching up me back then, and um, from Jambo, we moved up to the flats in Bluebell, um. I remember great times, they were bleeding deadly in the flats. Um, probably one of my first experiences with crime because the first thing that I thought when I thought of the flats was years ago, there used to be a Richie Mills factory. Do you know Richie Mills now? No. Oh. They're a bleeding sweets, I'm sure. You know, seventy showing me He yeah. <laughs> still sell them, right? But there used to be a factory across the road in the canals and um, the boys used to be every Saturday, the, obviously the weekend would come along you'd see all the boys coming from different parts crumbling and into your cord and all the older lads. And they used to go over into Richie Mills and break into the factory. So, like, every every Sunday they'd be knocking on the door selling the Richie Mills to all them in the flats, you know what I mean? So, as we got a little bit older, we used to see the boys going out and we'd say, come on, we follow them, you know what I mean? So, we used to walk and we'd all sitting on the canal and they'd be going into the factory, grabbing all the stuff. They used to come out and hide the boxes of Richie's outside. So, we used to snare one or two of the boxes on them. But eventually then, they used to I used to have us then watching the, the sweets for them. And um but yeah i always remember bleeding stuff in my face getting sick after eating too many packages of <laughs> fucking things you know what i mean <laughs> but um blue bell then i think we were about, about four or five i think moved up the cherry orchard um and it was bleeding deadly great times with a brand new housing estate that had been built um i mean i always remember my man giving out about the size of the back garden because obviously we were living in the flats at the time we only had a balcony and um, but it was then, my dad, my dad was at the end. Obviously, he was an alcoholic. And um, when we moved to up to Bali, I think he was at the getting clean. A year or so before that, we'd um, moved up to Ballyferma. He was down the backyard and built the walls. The whole lot was bleeding great. He had a great time. And unfortunately, um, I think it was, about, it was about eight or nine, my dad had a heart attack. and um, But we were at the spending three great years with him. He was in sobriety for three years. And I always remember as well, going back to Bluebell, there was a couple of rocky times with him and my ma. And I always remember, like we had a little chat about child trauma and stuff. I always remember a time when she was at the the Mill. He was obviously spending the fucking wages or his doll or whatever on drink. And he's banging on the door. And obviously she let him in. But I always remember him screaming. At her. And one of my memories of it is I was huddling beside my ma on the sofa. And it's only going back. I'm learning a lot about child trauma and stuff now. Thinking back to that. I think that was one of the, you know what I mean, one of my mind, like probably obviously shouting and stuff like that I did when you're a young child is, is a big thing, but that would have been one of my memories, was huddling around my ma my dad shouting at her, but anyway, yeah, um, got himself clean, open Cherry Orchard, playing great times we had with him, he was at the bringing us to Manchester, and for us, we hadn't a fucking pot to piss in, so he must have got a good stroke or something that week. <laughs> <laughs> he crossed to Manchester, I wouldn't mind, right? He didn't even fucking pay on the boat. Now that I think, if we were down the Docklands and he knew some of that work, because years ago you could go down the docks and all the lads would be walking in the pubs down there or drinking in the pubs. And he was at the pain, one of them to let us in through the fucking, onto the bleeding ferry. I'll never forget it. I always remember I was about, I think it was about seven or eight. We got us onto the ferry and got a cabin and all that. So we definitely got a stroke if he was ever getting. (laughs) (laughs) But um, some great times. That was brilliant. I think they were playing Aston Villa at the time, Manchester United. And, but yeah i always remember the, the the good days with him you know what i mean as well and so i think we were there three years i think it was 84 he had a heart attack i think it was around august if i'm not mistaken and um it was only a mild heart attack but um he didn't go to the he went to the hospital the doctors after i think his brother or something brought him but then december of that year um he took a massive heart attack we were all in the gaff and um no, i think it was at the beginning school or something like that if i can remember right and we came home and we knew there was something wrong. The gap was full. All the neighbours were in the gaff, you know what I mean? And me, me, neighbour Agnes bleeding deadly. She is she's looking like an auntie to us, you know what I mean? She came over and she says, Come on, boys, bring it, bring brought us over to the whole house. But when you're that young as well, you're a bit confused about what I heard. And anyway, he was in the hospital. Sorry, going back to when he had the heart attack. I remember being in the hospital with him. And we were that young that he was in intensive care, but the hospital used to have the intensive care had a little square window on the top of the door. And I always remember me bleeding, grabbing the edge of the bleed thing and jumping. I want to have a look in, like, you know what I mean? Some of the memory I had of it. And then just before he passed, I think he, he passed away that week, but he brought us into the room and um, me and my brothers, the two of us, the three brothers were there. And I always remember grabbing our hands and um, saying, look after each other, look after your ma, you know what I mean? It still holds me today, you know what I mean? Like I, I feel, and like we were having a little chat about it, you know what I mean? It's a, Christmas for me is a touchy old time. I loved Christmas when my young was 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 young, um. But I associated it with him dying, you know what I mean. And it, like again, going back to the <clears throat> the the traumas of all that, obviously would have had a, an effect on me going forward. And that's one of the reasons why I ended up bleeding in the madness of drug abuse and or drug addiction, should I say. But um, so yeah, the, the hospital I I always remember wearing wearing a bleeding Christmas clothes to the funeral. So for me, when it comes to Christmas, I try my best. I fucking, I love Christmas, I love the atmosphere of it all, but I always think of the hard times that we had, and then we hadn't got money as well. So, like, I remember getting second hand bleeding fucking bikes for Christmas and all, and being embarrassed. And for a young male, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know yourself when you know, I think it was eight or nine, um, and just before you do it, but we used to, they'd their best, you know what I mean? My mum worked bleeding two jobs, you know what I mean, as well. So, after my dad dying, of
0: it's almost like you're explaining my fucking life here, because we were chatting beforehand and we were saying. Both of our dad, your dad died on the 23rd of December, wasn't
1: we it? We buried them on the 24th, I think
0: it was the seventeenth, day and 8th My Isn't dad crazy. died on the 22nd of December, we were crazy, both man? about 7 or 8, or crazy. 8 or 9, or around. Yeah. I think I was about 8 at that time, which is fucking mental, yeah. and then like even the way i talk talking about Christmas and all, like Christmas to me, the reason why I'm not very like festive and love it, because I like, do associate that with that trauma of my dad doing obviously, but then like, as well, we never had a being grown up. So look, I remember like years ago on the flats, like we'd be going down with I might usually dresses in the second hand clothes or right? Main Street or Thomas Street. We were the same. We'd go over there and she goes the sh- a secondhand a cost tracks so with the blade and crocodile we'd be winking at you on the fucking <laughs> you know what I mean? And you go down and all the lads would be the best of gird and they'd be fucking yeah. oh, I got a fucking phone or oh, I got this and I got down, we'd be going down with a skateboard, you know what saying? What and yeah. what the fuck like they were a skateboard with the sticker still on a three euro or something, you know what I mean? Like yeah, but it's like we, My ma did try her best as well, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's all could m- do, you know what I mean? My ma obviously had her troubles as well, like when yeah. we were growing up, and obviously my dad knew would with a heck hard as well, you know, the type yeah. of way. So, like, but back then that's all we knew. But I remember I used to go down to the flat to see all the lads with the best of stuff, and we would be fucking saying it you know, that type of way, but it's mm. similar to that, you know. But I think that's why as well, I'm not very festive either, you know. Yeah. I love my, I love Christmas night.
1: Oh, i love that. I love you know, Christmas I love day. our whole family that gets
0: together yeah. and we all just sort of have a buzz and a sing
1: song and it's great. Yeah. But the whole build-up to it. Not, yeah, no, really I good. think like again, it's just it's in the back of your mind, you know what I mean? So consciously, you know it's that time of the year, you know what I mean? And um again, like I think the uh, when when you haven't got folk money, you know what I mean, when poverty's there. Christmas is is it's 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 good when you have a few quid. You know what I mean? Like I, I see it where, where with my job, you know what I mean, where we walk. I know I, we walk like I walk on family base, you know, walk body family. They do bleed in the maze and walk their great fucking crew. And um look like, I see the kids, you know what I mean, and I see that the poverty that's there, you know what I mean? And and, and it brings back memories of me. Again, getting sec- having the second hand clothes. We used to go, I can't remember the place where we used to go, we Since in the Paul's as well. Yeah. And you'd be in there and the kid, what size are you? You know what I mean? They be giving you try that jacket on. You you just you have to accept it. You know what I mean? There's nothing we could do. You know what I mean? Like, so you just accept what, what it is. But again, when you're a fucking young, a young male, you know what I mean, growing up, like that has a massive effect on you. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're going out there. And you're fucking like it's it's not that you're ashamed, but you know you're it's you're inadequate compared to the other lads there, you know what I mean? And like in the fucking in the male environment, you know what I mean, we're always trying to be the the alpha as such, you know what I mean? But and even though we're young, I feel that that, that has a massive effect on us growing older, you know what mean, as we go forward, you know what I mean? And then a lot of stuff like I love the podcast with Brian Doctor, Brian Penny, we call him, Yeah. But, mm-hmm. for I love that podcast and we talk about the childhood traumas and the, and different things like and Having that, that like getting knocked back like that, you know what I mean. At a young age, you know what I mean. Obviously, you carry your trade, then as you get older, then you and you do kind of not become successful. You like, start getting a few bob, whatever. Then, it, like you know what I mean, you try to probably exaggerate then how how you no know, things are for you. You know, like because obviously the shame that was attached to being poor, like when you were young. But um, but I remember even we we had it that bad. Like you'd probably laugh at this point. When the, fucking my man do the shopping and you get the cornflake box wasn't the cornflakes we were going for it was the actual box right (laughs) because we used to cut the inside of it there used to be holes in our bleeding shoes and our george webs and you'd cut the the cornflake box as an insole you know so the cold wouldn't come up into your feet and i know like the guy was born in the 70s 75 but in the 80s like that's what we had to do you know what i mean Mm. and um but yeah like poverty's a blade monster man you know what i mean like and has that effect on your Like we I said, spoke
0: about it last year as well on the podcast as well about kids sort of want them the fucking the best again now. Like, a, I, like times were tough for those years ago, like for for a lot of us. But I think it's even getting tougher now on parents. Yeah. Like when parents <clears> went and they've the boy fucking thousand euro jackets and, yeah. and, and and if you don't get them, like like we like back then, look, like, I not like back then I wasn't oblivious that like we had no money and. Like our presence and stuff like you know, that. We're on a real You weren't budget. demanding the yeah. we weren't demanding. Yeah. We were like we took what we were given and right. we always tried that like I remember like I would see me present sometimes and I'd be like, Fuck's sake, like I don't really like but I'd give my mother a hug and I'd say yeah, Tanks, Tanks, yeah. And, you know the type of way, but I think nowadays it's almost like if we don't get that kind of the ghost check and if we don't get this like
1: like what fuck this like and the parents are under an awful lot of pressure, like I feel so sorry for them now. Mm. Really yeah. like I see it, I see it with my own bleeding my sister, the boys, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like you said there, it's not it's not just fucking going into the bleeding heights and them or pennies or whatever, getting a rig out. It's fucking top dollar jackets, you know what I mean? The same with the runners, you know what I mean? And if you haven't got them, then it's like the pressure that they're under, you know what I mean? Like it's been madness where I mean, years, That's ago. probably just to dress them. That's yeah. not even yeah. the presence. Yeah. yeah. You're talking nearly fucking 1500 to grand just to dress your kid. Yeah. You know what madness. I mean? Like it's not easy. Yeah, no, yeah. If I feel if I feel bad for them with well, are Definitely like you see these young families, you know what I mean? And like the, like you said the, the stuff has to be fucking, and then they're, they're checking to make sure it's real now yeah. like, remember like you know you the talking and get a rig out you look the business but they're checking the bleeding tags now the kids are yeah. just make sure that they're legitimate and then yeah. another thing they have to do what i think more so nowadays is the is the state of the kids slagging them
0: yeah yeah like, putting
1: them down you know what i mean like and I've, so i see it myself a lot of the time and again jesus man i don't know how half of them do it. Like and you know
2: yourself Kim being a dad you didn't want for your kids especially yeah, at
1: Christmas 100% 100% the last thing and I, I suppose more so for us like we, because we felt the poverty the, the poverty trap is, is that what we call it the poverty trap or whatever but if um, that we felt that the last thing we want to do was kids for them to feel it. that yeah. mm. you know what I mean and it's probably one of the reasons why I got involved in crime and drugs and everything else I'm not saying that that was the only reason but I'll tell you a fuck it, a story or my dad like, I mean, was alive I don't think I'd ever got involved in drugs or crime. Very strict, big fucking man, you know what I mean? And bleeding, not a bother to him to give you a slap in the head. But my ma, ma, ma was great. She was real strict with us, you know what I mean? And she always giving us good values as well, you know what I mean, going forward. But I always remember when we used to fucking, we started selling bleeding, a bit of hash or whatever, you know what I mean? You'd make a few bob and you'd buy yourself a bit of clobber. We couldn't bring that clothes, them clothes home. We used to jump the back wall. We'd put them in bags. We'd hide them. Out the back and we come in with our old clothes on. She'd bleed and kill us. Like straight away, she'd know where you have to get in them fucking shoes, where yeah. you have to get in that top. So then when we go well see you later, man, I'm gonna jump the back wall. Yeah, go ahead. Me be behind yeah, the shed, put my bleeding gear on. So you know what I mean? But that's because yeah. I didn't want to feel like inadequate around my friends as well. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. like, where, like you say, when you when you have nothing and then but Yeah, she'd have blamed us, you know <laughs> what I mean. They see the cars coming in with, like, where'd you get that money, you know? Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's um, so I don't know where we're at, the going a little bit off there, yeah, but we're we we'll talking about that. me, yeah, your dad, your dad yeah,
2: just died. you were talking about, yeah, in Cherry Orchard, orchard that's bad, right, or other, yeah. and then um, but that was one
1: of the things I always stuck in my head, but then yeah. sorry, he came down with me asking, did you ever
2: find out what cost
1: that hack? He oh, was a heavy drinker you Know what I mean, and like drinking, smoking, you know what I mean. Like, he, um I think it was the, that's what they said. The
2: whole lifestyle basically, yeah, yeah. It wasn't something that could have been hereditary to you. I
1: don't, I don't actually, I've never actually asked, you know what I mean. Um, I just told me that I don't know if it if was brothers as well. He had a couple of brothers that lived in England that passed away, but again, they were all alcoholics, you know what I mean. And um, so bad, bad lifestyle is obviously yeah. going to bring it all on, you know, but if. When I just remember my man's always saying to me, you know what I mean, just get yourself a check, you know what I mean, go for a health check, just in case, you know what I mean, like it could be hereditary, I don't know, you know what I mean, but I always remember hitting his bleeding, hitting the 27 mark, he died at 27, and I always remember bleeding to fear, you know, thinking he's at the bleeding dying at this age, you know, so I'm bleeding blessed that man to get in 27, I want 47 now, so mm-hmm. but I always remember when when we were barely came around and I was at his age, Having that little fear and the woody, you know what I mean. I had my baby at that time, you know what I mean, as well. So she would have been three or four mm. when I hit that age. But him, um, yeah, it's 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 a horrible out time for anyone, you know what I mean. And it's probably like I, I love looking after myself now, and like I'm, that's when I'm gonna go and get checked as well. Like you have to, you know what I mean. You, mm. So many of the lads out there, not even lads, even men in their twenties, forties, and fifties, like you know what I mean that. And it's, it's 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 the society we're in as well, like right? the hard times that they're going through, they're walking their bollocks off, they're coming home, and the last thing they want to do is look after them with the helter. Yeah. A little check. So they're sitting on the sofa and then they wanna get away into the fucking hardship that they're having them walk that day, so they have a few beers. Before you know it, that just turns into a fucking regular cycle. The years fucking pass by. I fellas started my age now and I I look at them and they're in fucking dire straits like, you know. Mm-hmm. So like for me, it's never too late to turn around, but no matter what age you are, if you're 40 or 50, <clears throat> you can still bleed and prolong it. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the heart disease, the fucking cancer. It is all a that. common thing, though, isn't it?
0: Like <clears throat> I think a lot of people walk walk their bollocks off Monday to Friday and then think, I'm out of work now, week, fuck this, and they want to bend up from Friday to Sunday yeah. and then back in Monday,
1: and then it's that cycle over and over again. I we, we call it the hamster wheel, right? Cause that's what it's fucking like it's like something on a hamster wheel. and i was cutting myself you know what i mean where like your your monday are doing like monday are fucking really suicidal especially nowadays with the cocaine and the drinking it all comes hand in hand now so it's monday you're coming out of you're, you're coming down off it. tuesday you're depressed to death you know what i mean you're bleeding you feel suicidal wednesday you're starting to feel a little bit normal and then you realise, no, it's near the weekend again. You up yeah, you start getting will probably back on it, yeah. You start getting the you know what I mean, the feeling of the weekend coming back on, Friday comes, Saturday they're back on it. you know what I mean? And like it's a slippery old slope, you know.
2: But even like not even in drink I do say it to my dad, like my dad's in his mid fifties now, and I do say to him, like, you wanna tweak your lifestyle and start getting more active, you know what I mean? Metabolism's not on your side. Like he doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. But he thinks, like, I'm living a healthy lifestyle. It was like, you're not that. You need to exercise more. Now, he is a hard worker. Yeah. But he doesn't get out, exercise, and needs to watch his diet as well. You know, things like that. Because it will catch up on you, especially when you get when you get past the 50 mark.
1: Yeah, everything's deteriorating. You know, the yeah. Know what I mean? like, you need to, as you said, prolong it as much as you can. 100%. So like, even the studies that are done, I can't remember the guy. I remember I was only reading it recently. And I said like three days a week, 15, well they say 30 minutes of rigorous exercise, Now, but that'd be like fast walking, a little bit of jogging or whatever. Like it nearly cuts them down 30 to 50% chances of your half heart disease, you know what I mean? Of cancers, Mm. fucking dementia, like the the list went on. He had a list of about five or six, seven, I can't think of the guy's name. But he was saying that the studies were done over 20 years, you know what I mean? A group that didn't exercise and a group that did, you know what I mean? And he said it was like 30 to 50 percent, like that's fucking a major bleeding percentage yeah. for the sake of, and again, I know it's tough and it's not easy on people, you know what I mean, to get to find the time, like, but you can sit there and make excuses all fucking day yeah. long, you know what I mean? Like, I have people that I work with, my aunties included, like the people that they get asked for advice with me about the running and stuff like that, and they say, I can't get the time you know what I'd say to them? Set your fucking alarm 30 minutes early and and walk around the block. A fast walk around the block every morning or three days a week. You know what I mean? That's going to cut your fucking chances of dementia, diseases, that by 30 to 50%. Like, and I know it's like, that's not that fucking hard. You know what I mean? Like, get out and just to do it. Like, you know what I mean? A bit of exercise. Like, like me, I abused my body for donkey's years. For me now, my health and my fitness is probably priority. You know what I mean? My mental health is priority as well because of the addictions and stuff like that, like I suffer, not, I, don't, I don't even call it mental health because the stigma attached to it, but it yeah. is, that's what they call it, so, so be it, you know what I mean, but most mornings I'd get up and I'd probably be in a negative frame of mind or, or something, to, i think of something negative, if it's not a negative frame of mind, so one of the things I don't fucking do is pick up my phone for the first hour or two in the morning, probably maybe the first hour, and if I do it's only just to put a message out for my clients or whoever, whatever, the, the running club or stuff like that, but I find that I have to set my mind straight, so my, my morning routine is religion. It's like religion to me, you know what I mean? So I'm up out of bed, cold showers. the first thing I have. guys we do talk about what they do, it's like the life out I of me in the spin class. I said, don't let the alarm clock beat you. What do you mean? I said, don't hit the fucking snooze button. Do you know what I mean? So when my alarm clock goes off, that beats more than twice. I think you are fucking bastards say yeah, you got the bedroom. <laughs> you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? Like I hit that alarm, I'm in the shower. But a cold shower, the therapy, the, 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 the science behind that is great for your health. Then I meditate for a couple of minutes and then I get myself ready for walk. You know what I mean? But again, for anyone who's struggling around the exercise or getting motivated or anything like that, I suggest go walking. It's the simplest fucking thing out there. You know what I mean? Excuse me. But you go and just do fifteen minutes four or five times a week, it's gonna like nearly half your chances of getting all this shit. You know what I mean? And no matter what age you are, walking is not too strenuous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's good for the
2: head as well as you said, and it's a nice little routine. Good grow to get for a while, isn't it? Yeah, I, I love it, man. I just
1: the outdoors for me is where it's at. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Well, back in back into
0: UK then. So, yeah, yeah, dad passes away then. Yeah. Yeah. And you're obviously stuck growing up, and you spoke about you going into addiction and crime and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm.
1: Tell us a bit about that. What, what's it like in your teen years then, growing up? Um. So yeah, I, I, if I can think correctly, I um. I remember messing around like most lads who started off doing sniffing gas, start having a few joints, you know what I mean, here and there. I remember going to the Mitchell school and being down in the fields doing that. Then it turned into, into smoking hash, you know what I mean? Then I started doing that on a regular basis and um obviously it, it escalated, you know what I mean? I think I I asked my pals about this a couple of weeks ago before I had the talking about him. I was asking them so when did we really start fucking doing heroin like? You know what I mean? And what age were we? I think we were fourteen. Like when I look at a fourteen-year-old now, I look at a fucking a baby. baby. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I fucking remember thinking to myself, like, "Fucking hell, we." But I always remember fucking trying it for the first time, and um, like Brian said, it was just like and without fucking, you know what I mean, make like glamorizing. It was fucking amazing feeling, like you know what I mean, and that floatiness you got, the warmth you got from it, and again, like it was, it was taking us out. Of, like for me now, looking back, it's like it's taking you out of that shitty lifestyle that we're living, you know what I mean? Like the not like the poverty, little bit, and the living in Cherry Argyle, and like it's 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 not like you can't predict where I brought up, by what type of family I end up with. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Like, but for me, it was that. It was that just taking me away, moral. It was like as if like when I meditate now, it's like as if I get out of my head. I get not out of my head, but get out of my headspace. Yeah. It takes me away, puts me in a lovely fucking place. You know what I mean? So, heroin kind of done that for me. And did you know like? Like, did you fully know what heroin was and how do you make that decision to force do it? It was mad because the the epidemic was in Dublin at the time. you know what I mean? Like, the heroin epidemic in the 80s. And we always knew, you know what I mean? You don't touch that. You never hear that. That's the fucking, the worst of the worst. You know what I mean? But I think, um, thinking back now, when was my first time? Like, obviously, I don't know if I was in the, the 90s was big for us. You know what I mean? Like, the rave scene. It was massive in, in Dublin. So that, that had a little part to play in it, you know what I mean, as well. Um, I'm trying to think that I do lead in heroin before I even got into raving and all because, um, but like, when I first tried it, I remember thinking to myself, right, it's gear, it's heroin. You know what I mean? No one does that. You're, you're a junkie, like, if you fucking do this. But obviously, I think um, trying, I can't remember the, the the circumstances around where I got it or who, or who, I think it's one of my mates got it. Do you want to try it? He was probably smoking a couple of weeks or whatever, having dabbling with it. Do you want to try it? So we tried it. When we got that feeling from it, you know what I mean, it was obviously then I'd say, right, fucking never again. I'm glad I tried it, that's it. And in your head, you're thinking. Because you always hear, don't do it more than two or three times. You won't get strung out, you know what I mean? That's yeah. how fucking naive we were, you know what I mean, to try it once. So a week or two would pass, you know what I mean, and it'd be the weekend, and he'd say it again we try it out you know what I mean so we put the money together with them um, and we'd buy another bit you know what I mean and before we knew it I always remember this now it's, it's clear in my head like around trying it the second time for two nights in a row say and I think right fuck that now you know what I mean let stop again for another week and then I, obviously as the weeks went on I remember smoking it for the third time and I thought I'm bollocksed I'm done here I'm strung out you know what I mean? <laughs> and anyone that smokes more than three times was strung out. I don't know if it was in my head but I remember then thinking oh, I'm a fucking addict now. And then obviously I ended up playing on a full time, you know. But I think I was a full blown heroin addict at 15. That's scary, and, that. Um, yeah, it was fucking when I again I hadn't I haven't really shared my story much. I shared it for the first time at International Men's Week um, International Men's Day in Ballymun. And before I actually talked I was I was quizzing my mates and I was quizzing my man. You know, we were around like me Joe Gives and different things. And when I thought about it, I was just fucking hell, I was fully blown bleeding addict like, at 15. Which, like like you said, Calvin, the fucking babies at that age. They're still like very immature, you know what I mean, and what have you. But um but going forward then obviously I got a habit. And then I had to obviously fucking in order for me to keep the habit going, you know what I mean? I start selling bits of it. Um <clears throat> but the nineties as well, they were the bleeding. When we were in the we were raving in the 90s, man, the e-scene the, the e- was only on the bleeding and, and you had to come around. We used yeah. to go to Sides. <laughs> yeah. <Which you> ever <laughs> I'm heard of sides? sick of in the Sides. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. You obviously heard a lot of helpers on that phone. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> but you, Willa, and me dad, the only people I ever heard going on about Sides. Yeah,
1: Sides so <laughs> yeah. was like the fucking, the, the main rave spot, you know what I mean, back in the day. But I remember going to Oliver Bond and buying microdots, ass it. I don't think I was strung out at this time because I always remember when I'll Get into the the, the bit about the, the, the stuff on, with the on the ears, but I got done a that in the inside, please. Car so I always remember getting down my forced asset saying, Right, nice, I'm going to the sides of all the lads, and I got refused. All the lads got in, I was left outside coming, coming up on a fucking asset. Never forget it. Sides so was across in the, the Bank of Ireland in Dame Street, isn't that a big bank? Yeah, we had to walk in from town, I was thinking, Right, no, look at me watch, right, the boys are gonna be out four or five hours. I just buzzing around town for a while wasn't long before the acid kicked in, and I'm sitting at the bank. And if you ever look at the top of Dame Street, and all the, everywhere's lit up in town, you know, all the lights are shining on the buildings, but there's a part where it doesn't shine on. It's like a little attic space. Have a look the next time you're walking down Dame Street. Around. And there's these like fucking gargoyle things. And the fuck, thought I was tripping, but the there. I've seeing seen them, obviously. <laughs> but remember the cunt things looking down at me and fucking flapping their wings, and fucking I, I ran from Dame Street all the way to Ballyar. That was when it started my running career. <laughs> 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 but i never forget it. Fucking um, getting a bad trip and running home, but a couple of weeks we went by, I got into sides, and ecstasy was only at the hint in the scene. And all the Nordies used to come down, both loads them used to come down to sides. So we were always all full of speed and asset or whatever. And then these lads come in and they're bleeding all over the head and they're all hugging each other and they're fucking rushing to bits and they're putting Vicks on these masks and sticking the face masks on them not to the smell of the Vicks but they're all looking saying what the fuck are all these weirdos doing? You know I mean and then obviously they told us now oh, it's the new new drug at the company in the UK it's ecstasy so they start bringing it down for us we start taking them and I think obviously I was had to be in Dublin with little bits of heroin at the time but I remember smoking heroin coming down off an of e. And that was just fucking, that was like they're bringing it to another level. You know what I mean? And obviously, snowball from there, we used to go to the raves, rave on 4 or 5 in the morning, back to gas parties or whatever, and we'd be off smoking then as well. So, um, but going on from that, yeah, starting to sell fucking stuff. Obviously, Cherry Orchard is very run down, a lot of crime involved in the area, you know what I mean? And again, poverty is a big monster in it as well. And so obviously, we, as the years went on, we start getting a little bit fucking making a few bob you know what i mean as well the rave team was still kicking away at the time and um but i always i always knew it was getting in our hand because when you're involved with drugs then you always have the the, the shit that comes with it you know what i mean so there's a local another local gang which there was we ended up fighting with fucking i think there are probably a lot of them are dead you know what i remember mean? the melon gang they used to be called don't ask me where they got their name but we were we were kind of another gang in the area and um but a lot of violence then, you know what I mean? Like you be you'd be trying to watch a patch or whatever, you know what I mean? And then Town is another place. I don't know if he's heard about that, but Town was like a block of houses that they'd built on a bit of derelict. Land. And while that was getting built, there was um sorry about that as well, with the security man. We were all in the area and obviously a lot of the ones hanging around the area and all these gaps were getting built. And then we asked the the blokes would they let us do security on the on the building sites. But um there was a load of Nordies in it, you know what I mean, that were coming down to do security on it. So eventually then a lot we like, we were younger at the time, so there was a bit of a few older lads there, but eventually they ran the fucking Naughty lads over. So the builder had to give us all the jobs. But at the time it was the Raves in, so we ended up leading, opening up the gaffes and having raves in them. <laughs> and fucking madness. It was like I know not, not joking, it was like something out of New Jack City. Like we had we used to take thorns selling. As people would come in, this is the building, so the builders would go off five, we'd open the bleeding gates at seven. So you know what I mean? There was a mad bleeding kit. I remember, like we were fucking, obviously, out of our heads as well, you know what I mean? So, and um, oh, I never forget it as well, I, I ended up having me forced bare no good boxing match in, in there, in the actual building. So, he, for A fellow a was only at the getting out, Lord rest him, Dino Ennis, was bleeding, him and his brother, I was very close to him, I was then as the years went on, but he was at the getting out of prison. And something happened between us, we having a few drinks, I think, and then he was able to give me a few digs. So the next day, I f- want to fucking give him a straightener, do you know what I mean? So he said, Right, we logging organise a big straightener in the fucking building site. So I said, Right, don't tell anyone. I said, Just leave it at that. I said, We'll, we'll meet up, for, have a fair scrap, you know what I mean? Out of it. Little did I know those people flying around Valley Farm, and shouting around the back of the pickup trucks, fist Fight up in Gallants Down tonight at 10 o'clock or whatever. So I arrived at the bleed building site, so and the place is rammed to the rafters with people they're all sitting there betting, all the older lads are betting fucking, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. But it was fucking mad, because I remember shitting myself, I walked into the place and the bleeding crowds of the people there. But anyway, as we went on, the play, it was just a mad shop, you know what yeah. I mean, but, mm. a lot, and, and as well as that, because of the, the violence that came where the police were on top of us, then there was bleeding, the, the, obviously the police hated us in the area, they used to give us fucking terrible times. Then it turned into the town riots then we had, we ended up fucking fighting with the police and all sorts. And um but for me, I remember something that will always stick to me. Whenever I was involved in it all with the drugs, the crime and everything else, something in the back of my head you say, This is not you, Ken. Do you know what I mean? I used to always have this little voice in my head saying, This is not, yeah, this is not you. You know what I mean? And um but I always remember thinking to myself, I'm gonna fucking get me shit together. But Fast forward a couple of years, I was going out with my girlfriend and um she she got pregnant. You know what I mean? We did. and um, we had a little place over in Blue Bell and um I was still strung out a bits and I always remember and I said this on my story before and I always get a little bit emotional talking about it. Um, I was in the Kome hospital, I was in the labour ward and my daughter was born and the midwife came over to me and she says, Open up your short and I found out, I asked people about what years later did they do deal with people. I don't know if they still do or whatever, but they, they wanted to let this skin on skin, you know what I mean, touch off skin. And um, i never forget that day because something just shivered right up from the bottom of my spine, right up to the back of my head, you know what I mean, when I had her on in my arms. And um, I just says I can't let this kid grow up with an addict father, you know what I mean. It was fucking a fucking powerful moment that was for me, and I love it. I then, like, again, I, I get a bit emotional talking about it, if it wasn't for her. I probably wouldn't be here with you today, you know what I mean? She was my bleeding saviour. She's a bleeding deadly corny, I love her to bits. I love you, babe, but... Um, that was the turning point for me. I walked out of that hospital thinking... And I, I thought back to my dad, you know what I mean? And fucking me without a father, you know what I mean? And all the shit that I went through around that. The mental stuff, and um, I said, that's it, I'm not fucking... She's not growing up with an addict as a father, you know what I mean? And um, I walked out the door I came. him fucking buzzing obviously after having a little baby girl she's fucking healthy everything was grand and um i remember i think it was I, I i ended up i think after that day i probably stopped smoking heroin i ended up going out and bought a bottle of methadone and i was self-medicating And it went on to, I, I couldn't like just obviously stop and you know what i mean on the gear so the medicine it, it's a form of heroin you know what yeah. i mean like and i used to look in the mirror while i was on it and I just say, I'm still a junkie. You know what I mean? I had to do, I remember I had to start to look in the mirror and say that to myself because I wanted to put myself down. Because the more i done that then, the more I felt like it probably turn me around. You know what I mean? it helped help me bleed and get, get clean. And um, so I self-medicated. A couple of years went by. And then their relationship with Connie's mother got rocky. You know what I mean? And um, obviously it broke. we broke up. And when she walked out the door, I remember I bleeding. It was heart-wrenching for me. She was my baby and she was walking away with her, you know. Um, but it made me kind of realise then like how fucked up my life was, you know what I mean, like you're at the fucking losing everything here. She's gone out the door, you know what I mean, At the losing the little place we had. And then um, she's at the walking away with her baby, the one that fucking saved your life type of thing. So um, I think it was about two or three years, I, I ended up breaking up, moved up to my mass, and I was on the methadone. I mean, Paul Georgie Bowes, I'll never forget him. Um, I was in my ma's, I was in the box room, my mask still taking methadone, didn't go back on the gearly like, because I, I always swore that after that day she was born I wasn't going to smoke gear again. So no, smoking, I was still smoking, ice probably and fucking, probably other bits and bobs, I don't know, but I knew I wasn't going back there. And um staying in my ma's, in my box room, and um, my mate comes in the door, Georgie, and he, he was fucking, he's, he's 14, 15 years clean at the time in recovery, and he looked at me. I think I was sitting there, me bleeding, probably me head in my hands, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Depressed, he goes, What's wrong with you? I says, I'm just sick of it. He says, I'm fucking sick of being an addict, you know what I mean? I'm bleeding. I feel like fucking killing myself. You know what I mean? I says, I don't know, I can't find a way out. And at the time you couldn't get a treatment centre, you know what I mean? Like I did try, you know what I mean? I was into, I went into doctors and I asked them, What can we do? I oh, have to get clean first, which is fucking ridiculous. Like, you know what I mean? Your nose never helped to get clean. But yeah, 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 you have to be you have to be clean so many days out, methadone and stuff. And he said to me, he said, Why don't you come down to the after me? He says come down to my gaff he says and i'll help you and um at the time obviously i was like i said i need i need this you know what i mean and so i said right fuck it. i said i'll give it a go i'll never forget him for it because i think he took time off work and his missus as well um, helped me out so the next morning he rings me Um he goes right he said he said take your method down." he says come down to the gaff he says we'll get started on it you know what i mean so the next morning he rings me and i'll never forget i sitting there and i was looking at the food fucking from when I got up, I was up from early that morning, and obviously the withdrawals were starting to kick in, and um, he said, he says, yeah, did you take your methadone? I said, no, I haven't took it yet. He goes, right, take it and come down to me. I said, I don't want to take it, and I said, I, says, I just feel like it's time now. I said, and He goes, right, the sooner you stop, the sooner the withdrawals, you'll be over them, you know what I mean? So I we went into the jacks, part where I had left down the toilet. And it's mad because I looked in the mirror and said, here's your fucking chance. You know what I mean? There's a mirror in my ma's in the, toy, in the front of the jacks. And that was the same mirror I used to look in and call myself a fucking addict every morning when I used to wake up when I was on the gear. You know what I mean? Or when I was on the foot. So, um, yeah, I looked at myself and I said, right, gig's up. Here we go. You know what I mean? Get down and do it. And I had a confidence about myself. And it's, it's a weird one because, like, obviously the fear of stopping stops out. Like, that's why addicts, like, can't get clean. You know what I mean? It's the fear of that... that The withdrawals. The withdrawals are horrible. That's why they fucking go out and they do the crimes that they do. You know what I mean? Because they know what's coming. We have to get fucking gear. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I I I got this fucking big, just urge something, I don't know where, some, whatever the fuck it was that I felt inside I said that I'm going to do this I oh, fucking here's the time so you knew the time was right though that's what that's what I say to a lot of people a
0: lot of people do even uh, message us and stuff like that and ask like look what do you think I should do to stop doing this or to stop doing that and you can give someone all the advice in the world but if they don't want to stop, they're not going to stop. Gonna stop. When you know the time is right, you'll know, you know that type yeah. of way. You can, only, you can give someone all the health benefits and all the financial benefits in it and everything good that'll
1: come when, when you're in recovery but if You're not ready, exactly. You're not going to do it. No, and they say they say about hitting rock bottom, like you know what I mean. I think it is that's a big thing, you know what I mean. You have to realize, like, you have to be on your knees, exactly. Like, uh, and I tell you, yeah. I brought uh,
0: brought you out there, know, brought me to my knees, you brought many people I know to that knees, and you think 100%. Yeah, I, mean, I can't go any further here, you know what I mean. I want. you know what I mean. There's suicidal thoughts, and this this and this that, mm. you know what I mean. There's an awful lot of problems. Sometimes you just hit the floor and go, do you know what, something has
1: to change. There's a great. Sorry, one. No, yes. Go on. on Great right yes. sign in recovery, and it's it's you have to surrender to win.
0: Mm.
1: You know what I mean? Which and it's 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 hard for us to deal with that. You know what I mean? Like if if you're an addict. Yeah. But um. But again like I said. i you have something more to say there? No, you already. Well, go ahead. Yeah. you, so
0: you, interrupted you, you no, You're all right. But,
1: um. But like I said, I had a fucking confidence about me, and um, it like I was down to his gaff. Well, that's where I got into the bleeding UFC. I watched every fucking UFC I'd wait around at 4 in the morning. I was awake fucking crawling the walls. But going back to the first night or two, the withdrawals kicked in the first night. They were all right. You know what I mean? But again, because I knew I wanted it so bad, you know what I mean? I think there's there's something about it that the withdrawals are gonna come in anyway, no matter what. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? But like the first day, it wasn't too bad. The first night, obviously, I didn't sleep well. You know what I mean? I was just a bit shivering, a bit of sweating and stuff like that. Then the second night, I remember waking up and then the legs started. You know what I mean? Where your muscles are kind of the fucking... Like, methadone gets into your fucking bones and everything. They say, it's easier to get off gear. I know, lads, yeah, that have up that. Gear And they say, like, the withdrawals are not as severe. You know he what I mean? That fella said the same thing,
0: Eddie. He said, he poured his foot down the sink when he stopped as well. All down the sink. He said, I'm dumb right, I'm dumb right. And he said, well, for months after, he felt like his bones are breaking. He said he used to lie in bed and he'd be, he'd be shaking and sweating. Yeah. And he, he, used to, he used to say, he even used to say to me, man, oh, we'd be in the gap And i would be saying, I feel like my hands, I feel like my bones are breaking.
2: You know that type of pain, and I'm like, yeah. that is scary. And Brian Penny say about it doesn't it's help you cope with uh, your addiction, but it, he says it doesn't help you cope, it just makes it exist. Exactly. Yeah, give, it? You just exist on
1: it. Yeah, what do they call it? It's, 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 uh, something addicts, what they you know, like a functioning addict. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it is. But the, the the good thing about it is, like, it it will, like, it's definitely better than being on gear. Yeah, you, you know the, what I mean. The, like, the you can function addict. on it, yeah, and you you probably have a little bit more get up and go when you, you know what I mean, you will like with the kids or whatever else, you know what I mean. Because with the gear, it's just like fuck everyone, fuck mm. the kids, fuck this. I'm playing, get me fixed or whatever. Where with that, it's a form of medicine. You're gonna, you can function on it. You know what I mean. Your life becomes a little bit normalised, but for me it wasn't. I knew, like, I was just fucking. I knew I was still an addict. You know what I mean? How old are you at this stage, Ken? I'm 27, 28 now. In January, few two more weeks is that? Three? No, no weeks. When this is happening? Oh, sorry, sorry. Thought you asked me how old I was now. No, no, no. (laughs) Like when you're getting clean. Getting clean. I was 20 years of age. So like, I was, I was an addict from the age of 15 to 20, and the maddest thing about it was like. When i came out with the addiction i was after having all the madness of the breakup with me board you know what i mean and then whole being with someone else taking the baby away all that i had to deal with you know what i mean and i was like when i got clean i remember thinking it was like fucking I was like a 15 year old coming into a 30 year old life mm. if that makes sense you know what i mean like because because i was obviously had to be in fucking uh, me for fucking 15 years yeah. not dealing with emotions not dealing with life you know what i mean and just getting stoned all the time and um where was i where what stage was i at this night, yeah withdrawals yeah the, the withdrawals. So could two or two, is when i really fucking felt it you know what i mean like the legs were it's hard to explain i don't know if you ever had ground pains Did you ever had ground yeah, pains yeah. as a kid well they were similar to them but multiplied by two or three you know what i mean <clears throat> And I just remember the arms, the hands like you, you were saying there and the, my legs and then the, the sweats like I couldn't even, you couldn't even sleep because it was just soaking wet. So I remember getting blank, or getting or towels off um, out of the gaff, putting towels under myself, you know what I mean? But I just kept thinking of my baby. I was thinking, there's my fucking little little, little fucking human being going to depend on, like we're there fucking superheroes and then there was you know what I mean? So I just kept thinking of oh, whole. no matter how much pain I was going through, I knew it was going to be worth it. Um day three and four the same fucking horrible crawling the walls the nightmares and then um, I never forget you the bleeding like I had I brought down the bleeding load of And didn't I know when I was going to be in pain and he he said to me I think you know if you got that on you no nothing at all no, no I think he went through me bag and all I don't know I don't know if he's saying to solve it in. But after two days I was at the going through a fucking pack for fucking forty bleeding solid you know what I mean? And he was going, you're doing all right, Kenny. You're not <laughs> too bad. You know what I mean? And then when we realised, when he realised it's all the empty boxes of solving, he goes, No, wonder you fucking not doing I'll too be, bad. You had to be, yeah, be in bleeding milling the code in every So um four or five days in then I remember it easing a little bit, you know what I mean? And that's when I got a little bit of hope. And I thought, right, felt a little. there was only 20 little changes, you know what I mean? It was about twelve days in total. That it was fucking, it was severe enough, you know what I mean. The withdrawals, the cold turkey, and uh, but again, as soon as I got that little inkling that I was getting a little bit better, it fucking gave me that bit of power, you know yeah. what I mean, a little bit more motivation to stay clean. And like I said, my baby, she was my bleeding one and only. I used to look up to my dad, say a prayer to him, help me get through it. But um, I never forget leaving the gaff, that was an eye opener for me because the withdrawals, fair enough, they're physical, you know what I mean, and they're bleeding hard enough, but uh. When I left the gaff, I was at the, obviously me and her were going to try give it a go again, me and the me, Connie's ma. And she picked me up outside the house. and I'm, I never had a panic attack in my life, you know what I mean? Probably because I was down most of it. <laughs> 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 but I got into the car and Jesus Christ, the fear, you know, leaving, leaving his gaff, you know what I mean? Like, I got into the car and I remember my heart started, the sweat started. Obviously when you're going through be, you're sweating anyway. But I remember like literally feeling like my chest was caving in. I laid my head back, I tried to do a few breaths, you know what I mean? I tried to calm it down, it wasn't happening, she pulled off, I was looking at his gaff, going I'm thinking, will I just tell her to drop me back? Yeah. And I actually did say it to her, I says, I'm having a fucking panic attack here, I think I'm going to have a heart attack because I dropped me back and she was going, you fuck off, you know what I mean? Yeah, You're grand, You're 12 days over it and blah, blah, blah. But, erm, um, Leaving the gaff was an eye opener for me. The fear and uh, that was like my safe space. Yeah, you know what I mean? That bit of security. Uh, yeah, hundred percent And um but goes back to where she was living at the time and like I was a different person, you know what I mean? And it uh, obviously it didn't work out between us. Um the mental health problems, probably the paranoia. I don't know what way I was acting, but I remember her saying it to me, No, oh, you're fucking you're not the same, Kenny, you know what I mean? You're a different fucking of that she knew when I was on drugs basically. Mm. And um but for me I knew I had a long battle ahead. When people ask me today like about what well, I try my best to encourage them, you know what I mean, no, get clean and whatever else, but the mental health stuff that came after my, my cold hockey was what really had me thinking, I'm probably better off going back on the gear. Like I go remember staying in my mass and I isolated myself from everyone, didn't want to see anyone, couldn't talk to anyone, my family were great, you know what I mean, but I just had a fear, every time I walked out the door, panic attacks, couldn't look at someone in the eye, couldn't talk to someone, even the neighbours, you know what I mean, Someone were great. And I'll be forever grateful, I have to say it. Just the Douglas family. My best mates, Ma, and uh and the reason they got fucking they were the best ever. They they seen the madness that was going on in my head, but yeah, made me feel so at home. You know, and I used to knock on the door, and I used to go with my ma's to their gaff. And I used to nearly run just to get to their gaff, you know what I mean? Because when he used to open the door, big hook, through the and obviously I was a fucking I was broken, you know what I mean? Like psychologically where a lot of the stuff that I went through and the drug addiction and the Douglas family made me feel fucking deadly, you know, like and even when I used to be chatting if I came out with something fucking crazy, you know what I mean? They just blow no way if you said in front of someone else to be looking, I used to blame weird or whatever, yeah. Yeah. but it was, it was a lot of stuff that and like I love them to bits, to blame forever grateful Eddie and Kathleen, I love you. And um But again, I remember getting into getting clean and getting better as the day, days went on. I remember going walking every morning. I used to wake up at the crack of dawn and start running, start doing a little bit of jogging. And um, obviously I was doing like a walk, jog, walk, jog. But I remember then, start getting really into it. And that sort of, you know, gave me a little bit of confidence. So I used to get up real early in the morning, go for my walks, do a little bit of run, come back. And then I remember interacting with, like with more with people. Now a lot of people don't know this about me, you know what I mean? Because they only just see the, the person I am today. And the person because I started to hit away, from a lot of it and I hit it well. Like, you know what I mean? The struggles that I had. Like, a lot of them wouldn't know how the shit I went through, you know what I mean? So, uh, when I started running, <clears throat> I remember my confidence starting to come back. And that's where, that's where it began for me. It, like, it, where I'm at now today, you know what I mean? Being the running coach, but I remember feeling a little bit confident. And I remember being able to go to shop and standing in the shop here, and not thinking your woman was kind of fucking slow yeah. the, you know what i mean like i was mad paranoid the whole lot everything goes on after you come out of addiction but um the love for running that just that gave me such a buzz man i always remember feeling great and even like even to this day if we have something on i'll we'll go for a run and I know I'll be on fire then after. So whatever it does to your brain. So your you brain went foods. on a run before this, did you? No, believe it or not, right? <laughs> I wanted to go on a run, right, but I was thinking of the traffic and all and everything else. So I actually rang Will and said, so they got a shower in there, because I'll fucking run in <laughs> <Yeah>. them. with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But again, it's why I love running so much. Like running for me was a savior, you know what I mean? And exercise, and that's why I love what I do today. I always remember every time I ran, Jeez, I'm able to get a bit confident here, you know what I mean? I felt a little bit more relaxed, you know. And um going forward, I remember starting the gym, start doing a bit of gym work. And I'll never forget, I was in, in Park West, it was Jackie Scaly's gym or something it was called. And I was on the treadmill and I was looking up at the screen, I was looking at the marathon. I was thinking, hey, what the fuck are they having to run for four or five hours non stop, mm. you know? And um, I used to do like 10 minute warm up on the treadmill and then go and do my few weights and stuff like that. And um but I remember seeing the marathon on the screen and thinking to myself, so, there's a possibility that they obviously was there, but they were all doing it. Yeah. What I mean? So I remember increasing my time on the treadmill, getting to like 15, 20 minutes, twenty minutes and so on. And then I remember getting to an hour and thinking, Jesus, I want to be able for a lead marathon. So I think I started running into outside then a lot more, you know what I mean, getting into the fresh air and I started feeling bleeding great about myself, really started feeling the zest for life again. You now, again, I talked about you, I had a lot of slips within my recovery, you know what I mean? But I didn't want to stop trying, you know what I mean? <clears throat> so, and we me, me in recovery as well, I we, we, we can have a beer. I know there a lot of lads that have 12-step programmes, they can't really have a beer. Like, for me, like I could have a beer and go home and I wouldn't end up back on heroin, you know what I mean? So, but I do I not to drink now today, you know what I mean? A lot of the time I don't bother. But getting back to the running bit, I remember thinking to myself, I ain't going to fucking sign up for the Dublin Marathon. So I started, I, I signed up for it. And I started training for it. And uh, within that space I was to doing a couple of five Ks and I was had to get a few lads out running with me. They were all doing small distances, but none of them now booked the marathon with me. And I'll always remember training for it, getting to the half marathon stage, thinking, Yeah, fucking man, this feels amazing. Like I really did feel like someone was injecting me with Fucking with something. That, that runner's high is just nothing comes better than it. Like I said, i took all the drugs under the wall, you will not get a better buzz than the natural buzz of a run and after it. Um. So, fast forward, to, yeah, a couple of months went by, started getting the distances in, and the Dublin marathon came on the door, you know what I mean? And I remember the day I'd done it. Um, It was tough enough now. I remember it was four, four hours, 20 minutes it took me to do it, you know what I mean, at the time, which was not bad. It was average, you know what I mean, for the time. Yeah. But the feeling I got when I turned the corner I'll tell you a quick little story about the Douglas family as well. They were coming down to watch me, uh, support me on the day. You know what I mean? They were playing great bunch, Eddie, Jane and Julie. <clears throat> and um, they didn't realise the road closures when the marathon was on. So they were looking at the bus routes going, yeah, we'll go in here, we'll meet them there and so on and so on. But every time they got to a place, we were playing roadblock. But they missed me every time they got to the spot where we <laughs> were meant to be cheering me on. And I'm looking around, where are these fuckers? <laughs> <laughs> but I remember coming down Pier Street and about a kilometre and a half to go. And I'd coming around with Pearsley Garden Station it goes around with Trinity and there's fucking all the Douglas's and all my own family cheering me on and man that was f- special. There was something about that. I got such a rush over. And I remember I nearly sprinting from there back to the finish line, but I got to the <coughs> excuse me. I got to the carpet where it gives you a couple of meters to go and I got a bit emotional, you know what I mean? Because I fucking hell man, I'm about to run the marathon. You know what I mean? And running along there, I remember saying to myself and this is how Cherry Orchard Running Club was started as well, you know what I mean? It was a running along there and I thought to myself, why the fuck are more people in Cherry Orchard that are suffering, you know what I mean? Going through, I was shit, why are not more people down where well, I'm at the down here? Why are we not running more? And that's where my drive comes from, you know what I mean? When someone comes, spend more than 10 minutes around me and I'll convince you to run a marathon, you know what I mean? <laughs> Might take you a little bit of time, but yeah. But um, <clears throat> but it, that's where I got the idea of the running club. And then... Um, I think, yeah, from there, I remember, I got home, I think I was buzzing for two weeks after, and I was thinking, this is fucking unreal. You know what I mean? Like, and again, we hadn't more people doing it, so ended up, a couple of us out running. I used to, had a couple of mates in went and Mark and Paddy and a few of the lads, already and all them, Lenny. There was a good few of us, Fitzy, and this, we all got together, and we said, we'll meet twice, three times a week down the park. Hope not forgetting anyone, because they probably give you shit then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> but we started running down the you know, um, and meeting, I think it was, once a week and then we'd obviously be out on our own doing our own little bits and um from there it kind of we, we stuck it out know you remember we used to facebook and i was around the time obviously and we were putting loads of posts up and we'd always get little bits of feedback and as soon as someone sent me a message that was it bang i would be on to them you have to come with us here. You no know, trying to encourage them down knowing what i had done for me i knew like you know what i mean i knew people in the area with alcoholism with drugs with everything else, and the other people suffering there, you know what I mean I used to say to them just try come out and just even run Pokemon one k with us two k with us whatever and um start start gathering momentum I know next year is a ten is is ten years since we got a t shirt made remember get a t shirt with Cherry Argy run club on it, and that would been ten years, but officially we were about four years as an official club, yeah, so um booked a couple of races when the lads were out running. We start doing it and then before we knew with 20 people running with us and different times you know what i mean and before long um a group called family base um fiona kearney got in touch with me she said uh would you would you like to you know what i mean Or bring it to another level like basically would you, we think what well, you're doing is great they obviously recognized you know what i mean what was going on in the area they're seeing the positivity it was bringing to the for, for people and they said we try we make it happen you know what i mean Turn it into a legit running club we try to bring it forward and um and make it bigger basically you know what i mean so the event they took me on gave me a couple of hours doing a little kids group one or two little kids groups we had going and um obviously with the, the adult sessions we had out as well um and eventually then we had a meeting with one of the big big lads out of the Durham city council and the whole owner club turned up for the meeting and he said well what do you want and he said well basically for kenneth to be on a wage you know what i mean for because i don't know, I done it for six, seven years for free, you know what I mean, and had good numbers out in, the, in the, at that time, and I, I never missed the run. I loved it. I was addicted to it. You literally just swapped your addictions there. You went 100 to the
0: positivity of running. Yeah, and then try, trying to pass down at your community then as well. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So the least to deserve us, like yeah,
0: like some sort of wage to make some somewhere. Yeah, edge.
1: like I, I probably would have continued like running you know what I mean and, and helping people out in a, in a small sense like you know what I mean I was still working and doing my me, me jobs as well because I worked as a truck driver for years and they, like that was a massive help for me through my recovery because remember my mate Benny I have to give him a big up and Morris Smith as well they got me the job and for me I couldn't face people I, I wasn't like I was still obviously suffering with, with a lot of um confidence issues and things like that and they got me a job as i got me licensed as a truck driver i remember getting just coming into the job in the morning morris had load me up benny and then i'd off and i'd be gone for the day driving loved it yeah. you know what i mean i was getting a few quid keep me busy and i didn't have to face people i had enough of a fear of fucking, like being around people at the time but um yeah and get back to the running bit so we we'd end up Six years had passed and I was running, I was getting people out and I was whacking her all over Facebook. And I used to love tagging people because I knew that'd encourage them to come again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I took advantage of that. And they loved it as well. It's almost like showing off a little bit. We all love when we fucking yeah. do a marathon. Right. There's a great saying out there. How do you know when someone does a marathon? Do you know fucking sure up about it? <laughs> 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 You're only on it. You
0: only gotta touch it. doing it. He
1: didn't
0: get the so, so see when we done the marathons, me and Calvin joined up together. Yeah, but he ended. Up you was
1: doing it. A, you was jumped in really, really fairly quick, didn't you? Mm. And we did. Escalate I was pushed into it, kind of. Yeah, right.
2: Calvin <laughs> pushed me into, and it left me. He had holidays and he was showing the covers up for that Lovely. And, yeah, and then man, they do it. Right. He
0: fuck off. Me and I broke the nails. Calvin, I run the marathon. I pulled out two weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> Calvin and running the marathon, but then after I remember talking to you, Calvin, and you were sort of saying like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I've done the marathon. Look, like, I'm out there to do one, but." I don't really feel that I'm
2: from it. Yeah, and
0: I was like,
2: fuck's sake! I me runners in the bin at the finish line. Yeah, I, I said l- it to him. I said, see, the second this is done, I said, I'm done. These are coming out my feet, and you no laugh. Way. Yeah, and it, like I remember going across the finish line. Took me house off in the bin I was sitting there with a bottle of water on my stockings. Fuck oh, I And I was thinking
0: all that and then for a few weeks, non-stop running every fucking day. To do that, for that. And I But then in my head I always had the goal to run the marathon. Right. And I had this for years, I don't know why, something in my head, I, always, I want to run a marathon. Marathon is the big one,
1: you know what I mean, like mm. for anyone, you
0: yeah. I mean. But when I done the marathon I was like, yeah, I was playing third and up and all towards the end but I was like, really I boy. can't believe I'm at the end to this stage. Yeah. You I mean, I remember saying that to him and he was like, no, like, Yeah. When I I look
2: back at ours, I hit the wall. And when I hit the wall, I was on my own. There was no one with me, there was no one around. And I remember I remember being in that mindset and I remember saying to myself, like, You can't stop because you're up bleeding 35 k or something. Like you're pointless stopping now, you're gonna have to finish. I remember saying to myself, I'll walk it. I don't care, I'll finish it. Don't care if it takes me another hour of walking, I'll do it. Mm. I remember thinking, hopefully someone drives by and just fucking beeps at me. Do you know something like that? Yeah, Yeah. But then I ended up getting across the line. One of my mates fucking he got out of the car and ran with me, got me across the line. But then I looked at your one; you was stuck together as a group running. Massive difference. And it makes a huge difference because now I said it to my mates: I was like, "I'm one and done. I never done one again." And he tried to get me to sign up for the Dublin marathon, and he said, "Now trust me, when you have a crowd on the streets cheering, you different, and you're not running on your own, it makes yeah. a big difference." And then you didn't like the Goggins challenge when we did it, and I fucking loved it. Yeah. I was like, "This no, was deadly."
0: No, 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 no yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> right to an extent, but I'll. I love that Goggin challenge. I love that. I love the memories we have on that that was yeah. fucking lethal. It's, deadlier, it's 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 tough. It's mentally it's, tough. Tough. Yeah, the, tough. But do you know what I just hated from it, Ken? Was the start of every run. Because horrible. Like when Biking you're on that fucking fourth and fifth run. When and then but never mind the nine, 10, 11 and twelve rounds. Yeah. But even from then, the fourth kilometre, your legs yeah. are killing you. Cause uh, you're I'm running amount no sleep, you're barely eating, yeah. you know what I mean? And then you have to go out and run your muscles at the running. leg and, all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and it's so sore, but then it's like the blood starts flowing your legs and you take on. then it gets enjoyable. Yeah. But there was two or three of them runs where I mean, even if they had looked at me crooked, I swear to God mm. more that like, don't look at me for this run. And usually
2: like that with me, but when yeah. I do the runs. But as well, I think what I liked about it was we were all together. Yeah, uh, that's like, it? a way. And right? I got me through. It, whereas in the market now, you kind of was on my own doing that. Yeah. And I was like... Well, no, you didn't even get... I remember at the end
0: there. I don't even remember seeing you getting a rush. No. They talk about we, it being a lonely place.
2: It was. But like, it was. I yeah. oh, hit the wall yeah. and I was in my yeah, own it, head that. and I yeah. suffered. You know, like that. And I was yeah. like... This is bollocks. Mm. But I remember, now don't have me own Course, we suffered so doing the Gorgon silence. But I remember, like, I'm suffering together here. Yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? It's this, different. Is, this, this is a team thing, kind of. Yeah.
1: yeah, what
2: they own this together, and that's why I didn't mind it. Yeah, like yeah, but like he'd look at me, I put a brave face on, and I'd be like, yeah, what, what, grand? But then he'd yeah. turn his head, and I'd be like, I'm <laughs> fucking dying. <laughs> you know, like that. But that's yeah. what I liked about it. And mm. I would encourage I'd 100% I'd encourage people to do a marathon because yeah. there is that accomplishment. You're, you're battling your own head. Don't mind your fucking yeah. legs like thinking your legs are
1: gonna fall off it's what goes on in your head it's a yeah. battle mentally there's you a know? great one out there the sign of the, it's like a, it's a battle of one, one side is telling you to keep going the other telling you to stop mm. you, know what, you know what
0: Ken I I swear to God I got myself into the mind frame of absolutely loving that see when I'm out running now yeah. I fucking love that little battle I, any time it's I go off run I say to, like there's a point of the run whether I'm doing 10k or a half marathon or whatever it is at some point Jordan I say to myself just go home because no one even knows you're out here like you, <laughs> you can easily do that. I'm just saying to myself. But then you lost the battle. yeah. Nah. so that'll come into my head. <laughs> and then for about 30 seconds, I'll be thinking about it and literally thinking about like, yeah. will I just wrap her up? And then another part of my head will go, well, shut <laughs> your you, you know, you, you yeah. an <laughs> <laughs> And pick the pace up as yeah. well. There like, yeah. You know, and I, cause I remember when I started. When I remember even just doing my first 10k, 10k, only bleeding. I'm talking only three years ago had. Hey, yeah, this when I would have been flat on the on the drink and, and the other stuff and whatever. So and I remember my brothers brought me for a ten K with them. And I remember we were at like nine K and I stopped and they were and they come back and they dragged me. And I remember them saying well never forget, I remember Jay saying to me he goes, You're like after he was like, You're very weak mentally. For some reason like like you're at nine K you've only wanted to go and you and you wanted to just stop there and then and or that sat with me and I remember going home thinking, I oh, actually am right, weak mentally. mentally. Yeah. And then I start saying to myself, I'm going to start there. And then I kept doing fives, and then I started doing the tens. And I remember going, and I remember saying, any time I'd hear a wallet go, and I, I'd want to stop. I'd go, oh, yeah, I'm weak mentally. And then, and then I'd rush through it, You know the type, of way. Yeah. So now
1: when that comes into my head, oh, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's a, the best buzz in the world. It's great. Like they talk about, you know, really like the yin and the yang and whatever else. Not really the opposites, but like that for me. Like you said, there why we just think, like one part of you saying stop and the other part, And you know the 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 one that you want to win is the one the stronger side. You, yeah. you know what I mean? So that's why like yeah, don't get me wrong if you get an injury out and you stop, but it is that's the beauty about it. When you overcome that and you get to the end of your race. And not even a marathon, like I I specialise in coach the five Ks, right? I love that. Like my passion is within that that little block. You know what I mean? Now when I get like I of a level one coaching badge, you know what I mean going with level two now next year. But for me, like the achievement of someone getting from couch to 5k is as big as the owner marathon, yeah. In my agree. eyes, it is right. I'd agree, and I feel that I'm, I'm best in that position because I, I love when people when I see someone that didn't believe they could run getting to 5k. That's like even to this day, like we we had 60 members finish the Dublin City Marathon right this year, best buzz ever. And people think oh, I'm a bleeding nut job. Why are you running so slow? I, I ran, I must have ran. I'd love me watch, die. I didn't do I pause then, I forgot to take it off pause, right? <laughs> <laughs> Some people had freak over I didn't give a bollocks. But I was running back and forward to all my members. Like my, my, my goal was to make sure that everyone that started that day was going to finish, gonna finish yeah. that day. I remember <clears throat> running up for painkillers, then I'd run back to Holden and she go, King has cream, will you run back? And I was run, like people just think I was mad running the opposite way in the marathon. You know what I mean? But I was just running now that's unreal, I was running back to to other me members, and three of them members that crossed the finish line this year were in the couch of 5k exactly a year ago. That's so that's that's how how like how how far you can go yeah. within a year. And <clears throat> I say to people all the time, you gotta make the first fucking step, you know what I mean? You've got to make that decision, you know what I mean, to, to go for it. I get into that mindset like we have fun about when we have laughs. They go on to bed, they're listening to my voice, you know what I mean? I've great techniques to use, of great distraction methods that I use around getting like getting them from couch to 5K, obviously. But what they have to do is just commit to not missing the training session. Mm. We have a 12-week programme. Usually you can do it in ten, but I always have the other two weeks to help. A buffer, yeah. Yeah, if there's anyone falling back. And I, like the one at the back is my favourite. They're the ones that I want to target. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, so sixty members of the club crossed the finish line. The buzz we had that day was electric. And I'm not joking, and that, that's that's why I'm, I'm 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 so passionate about what I do. I am. Um, I, I just I remember I distinctly remember thinking, to myself, "We're going to get everybody If I have to carry them across the finish line, we're going to get them all across." And every one of them did. And three of them again were in the couch to five k, and that was the buzz for me. Yeah. And then. Like even the couch of I had another friend of mine that I ran with and it took me six hours to run with him. Do you know what I mean? Brian Wood, he's gonna be the lawyer to mention him. But Brian Brian was was a heavy lad. He was twenty one stone when he started running with me. He started the couch forget, but again, he was one of those fellas, he you two young kids, hadn't got any motivation, just couldn't get out the gaff, you know what I mean? And he came down and he couldn't even run around with the kids, like what a bleeding. It's such a it's such a privilege to have the health and the and the ability to run or to, to walk even. And yet yeah, we go home, we sit in the gaff, we drink, we eat shy, we don't even bother. But Brian came to me and within four or five weeks, he got it a little bit. He started running. I gave him all the tips. I told him all the techniques. And he just, every time I was saying, you hey, stop for your breeder. Like, we do a walk, run, walk, run type of thing with the Couch to 5K. Brian just wouldn't stop. He kept running and kept running and kept running. And we said, I'm sorry enough for the marathon. Within a year, he ran the marathon with me. Now, we ended up with an injury because he was, he was 21 stone when he started with me. He was about ninety in stone, I'd say, when he done the marathon. But I loved it. I loved just going slow because I, when I see their faces, and I, I like I say I stood at the finish line and waited for everyone to finish. You know what I mean? And I just my buzz is looking at them, believing the the face of them knowing that I've done it. Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm at the fucking doing a marathon. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and um, like my running again, we started the club ten years, uh, sorry, six seven years into the club. Then I, I it became my job, and then. I wanted to just inspire to, to keep the area, you, you know what I mean? Like, Cherry Arch is a shitty name, you know what I mean? Like, as well, at the, at the moment, with all that's going on about it. And I got lovely messages there when that incident happened with the... With the joy-riding. The joy riding and the, the guards and all that. I got lovely messages off people, you know what I mean? Saying, like, fucking fair play. These are strangers that just follow me on Instagram. Fair play to you, you know what I mean? It's, a, it's, a, it's such a great club, you know what I mean? It's a, such a positive vibe you're bringing to the area, keep doing what you're doing. And, and their club as well, the amount of people that mention us, what really bright orange, you are, so everyone sees us, right? And not one of our club members will leave someone at the side of the road. Like we had loads of air members who volunteered on the marathon as well, and that's we we were known now, especially after this one just gone, for being so bleeding cared and so helpful. Like if someone's on the ground on painkillers, one day we to be running with fucking everything. Like a fucking army pack you to have on, <laughs> everyone because they've learned from me. I told them all the ways because I have went through some serious races and I know what were the mistakes to make and, and so on. But um, but it was lovely to hear the messages and of some great fucking stories like. When we came to the finish line this year, there was an that kept looking back at me. And you know, we had a backpack with a big speaker on. It, you know what I mean? I like, do take requests and all our people. What do you want? To the yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's your favorite tune? Like you know. And this fella kept looking back at me. He was a couple of yards ahead of me, and then he stops and comes up. He goes, "I ran with you in 2019." He says, "And the exact same in the exact same spot." And he says, "You got me home." He says, "And now I'm going to stay with you and get your heart, get me home again." You know, he's an outfit, like. You know what I mean? And. Uh, the funny thing this year was I was going along and was playing all the ballots coming down along the Merriam Road, the last four or five K to go with about six members there and um, the ballads come on. Everyone was singing along with us on the one road. You know what I mean? all, before I got to the bleeding finish line, they were all nerdies that were running with me. <laughs> <laughs> end, it was fucking gas. Because I always remember saying that's all the rebel songs about have been to be playing. But, um, They're all following it, yeah. Yeah, following the tunes. But for me, running, running is bleeding. It's up there. It's so easy to get into, you know what I mean? Bit of guidance. I, I feel I'm probably the best in the game and I'm not just blowing smoke in my eyes. I just have, I have so much of a passion for it. It's in the couch to 5K now I'm talking about. You know I me mean? Getting someone that hasn't ran before to where it's at. And for someone that doesn't believe in themselves, like, oh, I didn't believe myself. You know what I mean? I didn't believe. I stood at the start line of the Kerry Bay Ultra. And I remember, I, uh, during the lockdown, it would have been, right? the Kerryway Ultra is 200 kilometres, you know what I mean, in, in length. And I remember... The lockdown had cancelled it, so I was at the running me fifty k's, sixty k's, and so on, and getting to a certain point in my training, and we thought it was off because of the lockdown in two thousand and was it twenty twenty when it all kicked off, and then gets a phone call. I was up to about eight, 60, 70k. k. I was at the getting me training up there. He um, may convince me to bleed and do it. I said, there's not a chance I'm going to finish this. I'm going to go along with him. You know what I mean? I bought the entry, got the fifty sixty k's in, and it was cancelled. Fucking yes, delighted I was. <laughs> <laughs> Deep down inside, I was delighted. And then we get a phone call six weeks to go. It's back on. You know what I mean? And I always shit myself for it. i remember thinking, you're yeah, joking me. You know what I mean? But in my head I was thinking, look, I'm going to go on to the start line. I'll give it a go and see how far it gets me. You know what I mean? And um, so he's, he rings me. He goes, right, well, it's fucking back on. He says, right, well, we have to get a night run in. So what's a night run? He goes, "Not 100k. He says, you have to run through the night. Basically, we get dropped off in the evening. We're going from Lock to Dublin. And it's through the mountains. You know what I mean? Because he said in Kerry said it's gonna get it's gonna, it's gonna be, be running thing. in the dark. Yeah. Twice, you it? start off in the dark yet yeah, and it mm. comes morning, but then you're running through the night then in the night section. So you have to replicate that. I'll never forget it. Fucking it was a tough ass fuck it was, but I said to myself, well, I'll give it a go. And for me it was like I I I love the fact that if I got to the certain point and there's a lot of gang in the club, like you know what I mean, that that look at that and see me, you know, getting to into that early. And yeah, you are trying to inspire the kids in the club as well that anything is really possible when it comes to your sports and your your, your fitness and all. Um, but yeah, those does the 100k. I think it was have a recorded, a lot of them are on my YouTube channel. Can I plug that by the way? No. Of course oh, you can, plug oh, you, can. Can. Keep, keep you keep want. Keep fit with Ken on YouTube. But um, don't forget to subscribe for what Leave a comment. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's great videos on that of the 100k night run. And um, during the lockdown, I've done loads of workouts with me mad and all out the back, you know, and I'm like trying to keep people motivated. But you'll see it in the night run it was bleeding horrendously hard you know because when you're running at night especially in the in the mountains you're just looking at the spot off your headlamp yeah you know what i mean so now there's a couple of lads there that brightens up the place a little bit but it's real fucking. it can get this and uh, disorientated i couldn't get the word out there <laughs> and um i never forget getting through that and getting to this ice it was six in the morning the sun came up such a fucking lift that gave us you know what i mean I was still a 20k to go and you'll see it in the video on youtube it Was bleeding. i looking
0: forward to watching that now because I'm at the main trying to imagine it
1: in my head. Yeah, like, like that the, 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 the thing was for me, in other words, like psychologically, sports psychologists will talk about it all the time. Like, you have to be mentally prepared for these things, you know what I mean? Like, and if you're not, it's a massive battle. I know I wasn't mentally prepared for it, I was at the getting to get into 16, 70k. I think that was my biggest room. Was about I must look back to see what my biggest room was before the 100. So, i done done the 100 and the club is bleeding deadly the fucking the best club ever The like the members in it are so supportive like, they were all watching me you know what I mean watching me my YouTube and all they all met me at the foot when I finished you know what I mean I wasn't expecting It was a big bleeding posse of them there waiting for me nah, cheering me on because yeah. for us it was just the night running these lads are all prowess so it's nothing to them they're like, mm. running with foreign lads as well and that these are fucking animals not only Lithuanians and all that they're just made for running in the mountains but I done that 100k finished it and then, I think, like I said, it was six weeks to go, so I had no other chance to get training in. I was doing loads of little runs in between. I was doing about 120k a week, so I was doing like 20s and 30s most days. Out getting out. But then, um, because I was at the run out hour time with the training, I just said, fuck, I'm going to go for this. So in my head, I thought, I've done 100k. If we can get the other 100k, if I can get to the same point in the race, I can pull out. You know what I mean? I thought, like, I'll just, just go for it and see how far it gets me. <laughs> Um, sitting at the, at the start line of that race, and I thought, like I felt real proud of myself. I remember thinking, how the fuck, there's a fucking heroin addicts from Cherry Orchard, end up sitting there at the start of the biggest race in Ireland. And I'm looking around, and these lads are all fucking elites, like, you know what I mean? Now, there's a load, like, be one or two club members as well who've done it in the past, like, since me. But that race for me was, was the pinnacle of my career, you know what I mean? I always remember saying, if we can get this one out of the way. I can retire. You know what yeah. I mean. I can sit back and say, "Right, there's the bar set. Who oh, fuck off?". <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but one of them's already done. I think. Is it so you remember? Push her again, there? No, I maybe mean, me bollocks. Take <laughs> a fuck off. But no, I ended up playing with, uh, with like a hand and bad foot as well. Over. It. You know what I mean? But it's just it's all the years of running on concrete had me bad. But I never forget the race itself. And I got to, I got to 100k in the race. It was in, I think it was Waterville, and then I left. And I always remember saying, to myself, right, if I got to where the sun came up, in when I done the one in Dublin." If we do the same again, it'll be bring me to about 140k into the run. So I said, fuck it, I'm gonna go. I was at the 100 k and I said, I'm gonna go again. And it was fucking freezing, bleeding toenails, fucking hanging off. Blister. i mean blisters were that bad in my feet, it felt like I was walking on a water bubble. Oh, like, stop. The whole underneath my foot was just the one of on my feet, especially. And I always remember saying don't boost it, because I know if you are it, then it gets the skin comes off yeah. and so on. So I left it. Probably a bit of cushioning, by the way. Probably, but it wasn't painful. It was just to remember thinking, "Fucking feels like I'm walking on bubbles. But took off in Waterville. It was the night time. That was the night section. And it was already 100 k into the race. And I thought, if I can get to the when the sun comes up, you know what I mean, I'm on to a winner here. And going through the night then, it was fucking hell. I remember stopping then. And I was nearly falling asleep, you know what I mean? Because obviously it was, at the, it was night. And I was run, running through it gets to about 120k, I can't remember the actual town, sitting on the chair and I was bleeding, dozing off. You know what I mean? And the boys were trying to make food in the in the camper van. So I, I tried to eat with every station. Tried to fucking drink as much water as possible. And obviously our stomach is not right, you know, like you're taking shells yeah. and but I took off again and then obviously I just kept so I was walking for loads of it. You know what I mean? Anytime I got steep I just walked it. But I remember hitting at the 140k mark and the sun started to come up. I was in the most beautiful part of fucking Kerry ever, you know what I mean? And I'm looking around, again, the hair on me next door. And I just got a new lease of life because the sun was at the coming up. And I thought, this is fucking probably doable. I'm probably going to bleed and get this, you know what I mean? And um, just carried on. But I think I got to about 160 and I was bollocksed. I was done, you know what I mean? Be toenails. I I think I lost five, town else playing great videos of me pulling my toenails off at the end of the race, but I didn't put any of them out there at all. I thought somebody was thinking of a sick bastard, but I was literally able to just go like that and yeah. put them off. I oh,
2: know I sent you a video like that,
1: yeah. or the toenail yeah, I'll them, toenails. I'll, I'll, get them, I'll send them, I'll get them and send them to ah, you, so no, I'm really yeah. not putting them out publicly. <laughs> <laughs> you the thing I was <laughs> sick yeah, of. Yeah. But um, I got to 160k, I think it was, 170 and I walked in. I knew, I said, look, I'm done. Couldn't even get a bus walking with this French guy, and the two of us didn't say a word. We just, <laughs> <laughs> us, he, yeah, we, 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 you know, whatever, he was tried to say a few words, but the two of us were just in pain, you know what I mean? But we got to the finish and gave each other a big hug. We didn't like, like I said, we were fucking hours there talking, but um, but for me, running has me now walking in a club in Cherry Orchard that has they go to a hundred and sorry, about 250 members. 120 of them are young kids you know what i mean that we don't charge a penny to we train them three days a week twice a week and then they have a park run on a sunday you know what i mean um and a lot of the adult members their membership covers the cost of the kids you know what i mean as mm-hmm. well but we get funding as well you know what i mean obviously funding is a massive part of what we do you know what i mean and a lot of the services in the area need funding badly in valley and cherry orchard and i know a lot of people say oh, but we need it in other areas but the reasons the places are as bad as the are is because the funding goes into them and then they pull back a little bit on the funding you know what i mean and they kind of stop and it gets a bit rocky then with, with stuff but for me now i i know i'm just bringing all i can do is my little bit you know what i mean yeah and what i'm doing up there it gives me a good buzz now the kids can give you a headache at 120 of cherry orchard's finest <laughs> in a community center or whatever twice a week so sometimes you can get a bit hectic i walk away sometimes with headaches because they can be they can boil you up as well you know what i mean but i know how to handle them and they respect me you know what i mean as well and that's all I, I love now, we're, we're, we're starting to excel now as a club. We're starting to put them into competitions, we have a great little teenage group. So like I said, 250 members strong we are, including the kids and the teenagers. We put our kids' teenage groups into cross-country events this year. There are different calibre of runners they're running against, you know, so it we'll gives yeah. them a taste for it. And So next year, going forward, our plan for the year is around to try and focus on kids that we think have potential. You know what I mean? And saying with our adult members as well. You know what I mean? If we see adult members that have potential, we're going to put a big focus on them going forward. And um, look, God knows where it'll bring other uh, members. giving them all goals. and uh, Yeah. Especially for the kids, I think,
0: as well. Like Being from an area like that from them, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's not that easy. And there's many distractions there for them. 100%. And many different avenues they can take. Many wrong roads they can take. So bringing them into a club like that and setting goals for them, You know what I mean? It can really, really change a kid's life or bring them down the right road. You know that type of teach them
1: good
2: tendencies as well.
1: Yeah, Yeah. hopefully. You know what I mean? It's like uh, any type of sport in a kid's life gives them a little bit of, you know, proper guidance. You know what I mean? The discipline as well that comes with the sports. Look, we touched on it today around the onus, like, and I think the lockdown as well would have had a massive effect. You know what I mean? Like going forward, like on kids. You know what I mean? Like missing out on education. Missing out on sports and stuff like that was a fucking joke, man. To think that they bleeding locked down the whole bleeding place, you know what I mean? For something that probably wasn't as severe as we thought, you know what I mean? Anyway, we could be arguing all day about that fucking shit. Mm. But going forward, like you're thinking of the teenagers now, like the weed smoking, you know what I mean, and, and stuff like that. Like it's fucking sizzling their brains out, of it. and they say it's not, a, it's not a, a gateway drug or whatever. it's yeah. not a gateway drug, but it's doing more damage than fucking heroin would around their brain cells you know what i mean and and, and like their lifestyles and they're, fucking, they're probably robbing as much as a normal drug addict would in order to fade the habits you know what i mean would question I
2: like you know they do so many studies and you see all this stuff about uh cannabis and bleeding weed or whatever and it says that it's not addictive but i don't know anyone that's not addicted to it anyone that smokes it that's not addictive to it yeah like yeah. it has it has them in a grip yeah. And you can see that in them when they go off it. They count every bleeding now they're off it. Like one of my mates said say to me, I'm off the grain now. How long you're off it? Six days. And they're like, "Jesus, yeah. you know they're off. Like you don't say all oh, about a week. Six days, do you know precisely how long yeah. it's off it? Whereas you could talk to someone who's off the drink. How long you're off it? Don't know, about, about a year and a half or something. you know what I mean? They don't know. They're not counting days. Whereas people who smoke weed, it has them gripped. Yeah. And you know what I think the problem is, kind of with that, is they don't know what they're smoking. No. Do you know what I mean? This stuff is laced. It's not legal. Yeah. You're getting all this Cali, supposedly Cali. You're opening tins of stuff. It's laced. It's not regulated. Look, Whereas you go somewhere where it is legal, you yeah. go to California, you get over the counter, you can you have a menu. Exactly. This is what's in it. This is how much of it you should smoke. This is exactly how much THC is in it. This is how much C B D is in it. This is the strand. This is where it was grown. Whereas what, what are they smoking? Whatever someone has,
1: fucking stuff, probably. You know what I mean? Making them bleed and go psychotic on it. Like, it's funny to you say that. I was talking to a geezer a couple of months ago and he was saying it about that he smokes it himself. And he said, I won't smoke uh, but a certain type. You know what I mean? He goes, Because what you're getting on, he, he probably grows it himself. I'm not sure. I think he does. But he said it to me, the exact same as what you were the saying there. He says, The strains are different. He says, When they're growing it in mass fucking amounts, you know what I mean? To sell on the streets. It's they're not watching the THC, that's that's where when THC goes to a certain point, that's where it becomes psychedelic, psychoactive, psychoactive or something like that in your brain. And like the youngers now, I feel so bleeding sorry for them because the opportunities that they have now, right, compared to what we had when we were younger, right, around like making money or even studying, whether it's into getting into computers, whether it's getting out there, the advertisement of fucking social media that they have, like they're just wasting their lives, they're sitting in, they're smoking their brains out. And I'm thinking to myself, have we had the opportunity, like, you know, being that young and you had the opportunities ahead of you that they could have. And I say to people, they've no ambitions. They're just totally fucking focused on getting that weird every day. And the maddest thing is, I remember being young and I was into weird and thinking, like, you know, saying, what way would I like to, you know, in years to come, what way would I like to be? I just want to have enough money for me, weird, to be happy. like what sort of a fucking ambition is that? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was lucky that I I, I turned it around, you know what I mean? And mm. I'm trying to do best. I think you definitely out. need to look into it,
2: especially like a lot of teenagers are gripped on it now, but the development of your brain, oh, like say like 15, 16, 17 year old smoking it now, like long term, that's definitely fucking up your day, the development of your brain without a doubt man look like, I know so many people in their early 20s and they're paranoid you can't even have a conversation with them
1: that's like it's, not, it's so lame and sad. I know
2: people as well you can tell when they're off it yeah. they're a lot more chatty and interactive and you're like yeah. right what's going on here and they're like oh. and then they bring up in conversation I'm off the way and you're like Do you know what you can tell Yeah. you're a lot, you're a lot we- more sociable you're better to be around yeah. whereas when you smoke it they're just they're watching everything Freaked out. and they pick up on little things that someone says you could say like a throwaway comment and they pick up on it like why did you say that and all you're like why did I say well, I didn't even realise I said something so stupid
1: like it's sad it's a sad, like, it's a sad fucking real and the thing is like it'll, it'll, although they won't go on to other heavier drugs you know what I mean Their brains are going to be just sizzled and then it's all it's the, the mental health side of it you know what I mean like you said the paranoia kicks in and the different things you know what I mean yeah, like it's going to be like that forever, so there is young people listening. There's lack of discipline and motivation as well. For yeah. me. That's where the mental health comes in. Because they're smoking a
0: few joints because they think they need a few joints and then they're stuck and they're standing they gaff all day. Yeah. And they're thinking, oh,
1: What's what life they're all about? Mm-hmm. Exactly,
2: you know what I mean? Hey, how glamorous it is, there's something worse you're flicking through Instagram see smoking a joint and you're like,
1: all right mate, you know what I mean? I'm down there, Bob Miley. You know, I had loads of slips during my recovery and it was a bit weird as well, you know what I mean? I'd end up smoking weird, but one thing I noticed when I gave her up, man, was just me, me, me—how sharp I was—and that's where I, I used to, you know what I mean? That's why I'd, like, I'd always, I'd always stop. Um, how sharp I was, the stuff I was getting done, the opportunities that used to come my way. Look, like, you know, like when you're, when you're smoking major, you don't even give a fuck if an opportunity comes your yeah. way. Look, like about a couple of years ago. I won't say names or anything, but I was approached by a fairly big fucker. It was electric picnic, right? It approached me. And I was smoking at the time. And it was to do with the the tour the, the picnic there cycle. Yeah, the cycle down, yeah. Now, I think it was it was cancelled, but I always remember not even chasing her up. Where I could have had an opportunity there to fucking yeah. you know what I mean? So if there's any youngers that are listening and they're smoking weird now and they think that life is not worth living, not not worth living, but you know, just feeling down, feeling yeah, that shit rut, day, yeah. in that rut, right? Give her a blade and go, give her a chance, like the 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 thing what I always say to people is you'll never know unless you give it, a, give it a go you know what I mean like get a couple of days behind you maybe it might take four to five weeks six weeks when you get over that and then things start happening for you it's kind of a realisation going oh, fucking like it's much better if I don't you know what I mean obviously but I, I can understand it's hard but fuck me man the opportunities they have out there now mm, it's, like great, it's gonna be a yeah. great time for them yeah, you were
0: talking about how how much sharper you are and how much wit you like as well. What Calvin said, well, really you can you can see it in people.
1: Yes, you know definitely. the type of
0: way it's like it's it's very obvious. But I think when when you're in that role, they don't realise that they're a bit sloppy or paranoid. Not sloppy, but I mean like they're a bit in that shape and they're a bit mm. paranoid and stuff. Not sociable. Yeah, you're not sociable. Yeah, but I think then after a couple, of, you you can nearly just see it in them. Yeah, you yeah, like you're actually. So much sharper, mm. so much with you, and then it's about them noticing that, and them going, "Oh, grand," and not thinking about the next joint. Do you yeah. know the type of way?
1: Yeah, but, it's okay. It's a, it's a, it's a struggle for them. You know what I mean? But look again, I'd emphasize sports. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and for me, getting into any type of sport and setting a goal for yourself, like I I have to. My my whole day is around looking after myself. You know what I mean? That's it's No, I'm not fucking perfect. You know what I mean? I have my little slips and slides or whatever. And <clears throat> the certain things that I'm not happy about that I'm trying to work on, you know what I mean? I will get them eventually. But i I'd always say to people, if you continuing down that, that road, it's not gonna get any better. Like, you know what I mean? Fair enough, you enjoy a few joints and you're still you know what I mean, but it's definitely not gonna get any better. It's only gonna spiral and get worse. And then your health deteriorates, you know what I mean, your mental health deteriorates. And for me, I get up every morning and I'm just thinking, like, how am I gonna have a good day? Like, that's why I love my ice baths, my meditation. There's loads of play there's loads of things you can do. Like, I remember giving up the gear years ago and thinking, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? Now, that'd be similar to someone giving up weight. I'd sit down and write down a little a weekly journal, say, and write on it Monday to Sunday, nine o'clock till nine o'clock at night. What can I do put in place here? Now, even if it's just, for me, I remember a great, a great thing I was told as well, He says, just try to be mindful of everything. Get up in the morning, brushing your teeth, having your shower, take your time doing it all, clean your room, you know what I mean? Then go for a walk, maybe join the gym. You know what I mean? It's the simple little things that, and if you reach out to people around hiking and around getting a bit of a job, you know what I mean? There's loads of services there that you can reach out to people and get get a bit of help, whether it's going to a day services, you know what I mean? But they do think, oh, what am I going to do for the whole day? It's because that's all they're doing smoke, smoking, you know what I mean? But there's loads you can do if you just sit down, make a plan of it. Obviously, reach out and get help, and maybe if you need medical help around getting professional help, stuff like that. But it's definitely doable, you know what I mean? But you need to coin kind to of put the plan in place. And again, it's putting all the good stuff in place, linking in with the people, trying not to be around some of your pals if they're smoking constantly. You know what I mean, and and things like that. But um, there's always hope. You know what I mean. You gotta you gotta have hope. You know what I mean. Yeah. Think, I think that's a great advice there. Yeah, again. it's good a good note, note to start on. End, end on, yeah. We're in sync, we, bro. Getting sick of this now. How always it is. <laughs> Have
2: you anything else to plug? Um, that ain't coming up, right? there? you want to go out there?
1: Yeah, well, I started up a little business. I did. Um... With the sea dips and all, Ocean uh, rope, yeah, yeah, yeah. lads know yeah, them. You know, know what I mean? So give down. Ocean we'll rope a shout. But yeah, if you just don't mind, like, people that have helped me along the way massively helped me because, like, I didn't get paid for the first six or seven years of doing the running club and stuff like that. So the Run Hub gave me a massive help. The Coliseum Gym, the Royal Recovery Rooms, Gavin Coker as a physio, all them, like, I've done massive challenges, like, we're Ironman competitions. And if we hadn't got all them, Like, and it was costing me, I probably wouldn't have done them. Mm. And that inspired other people, and that's where it's inspired other members of the club. So I thank all them. I'm forever grateful to them. I'm forever grateful for the lads giving me the opportunity to give me the opportunity Mm. as well to to share my story. But um, look, eh, and if we can help people going forward, I'm I'm hoping to get into Like, I do private coaching, you know what I mean? I don't really do one to ones, but if there's a big company or anyone out there or anyone has a load of people who don't believe they can run 5k. Get in touch with me, yeah, and we'll I
2: think it. running clubs going forward, this is a big thing because I remember doing it uh, my first me my only shrattelon, and I remember looking at everyone else like I did it on my own. I remember looking at everyone taking their tops off, and you had that bleeding the jerseys, the and, the jersey, and, and that I was like, close shrattelon club, and I was like, uh, this area, that area. And I remember thinking, like, fuck, I, I'm at the doing this wrong, and I remember thinking, like, I'd love to have somewhere like my community doing yeah. this yeah. that's why you give a shout out to the likes of you representing your community on the positive note no, so. especially when you say that it's in the news for the wrong reasons and yeah. you are a, a shining light there yeah. shout out to the boys from the inner City run as well deli, and yeah. then they're doing the great things with the inner City Savage. and then shout out to I the, the,
1: boys the
2: out in our town Koolock area. I don't know area, but up and out fitness Yeah. Do you know what I mean they're bringing communities right. together mm, they're, they're bringing yeah. communities together for the right reason you exactly. know what I mean and they're giving people belief yeah. and they uh, Instilling positive fucking yeah. messages, you know what I mean, couch to 5Ks, simple things like that. Yeah. And, and a,
1: lot, a lot of them, I, I, I be doing it for free. Like, like I said, I was six, seven years before it came. You know what I mean? I don't get, don't get paid bleeding loads, you know what I mean? I get a few bob every week, but all them clubs that are out there now, we're all doing it like voluntarily. you know what I mean? So, like at the D15, you've Bonnard Running Club, you've the Flyers, you've the Trotters you've got, who else is that, oh, North, North um, Clonlogan Running Club, by the way, a lot of them were started up by ex-members of Air Club as well, so there was like a knock-on they effect, yeah. you know what I mean, which was playing the beautiful I'd Say that probably like. makes you proud to see that. It does. Do you know something, yeah. and a lot a lot of the time like, people are saying, I oh, always think of them starting that club up. They're, Trying to be, like, they throwing a starter over everything. yeah. You know what I mean, they're doing something playing good in that area, so... And you know they're not doing it for fucking money either. No. There's no money in it. Exactly. And, and there's that. not like it. Like I, I, I always said it when I, t- when I took this on board, like, I'll never be rich, but I'll fucking be happy. You know that's what all mean? that and, matters then, isn't and, it? And, and, and definitely. And, and, like, and, and it's opening doors for me now. So hopefully in the future, I'll get work with corporate companies and, you know what I mean, helping them to start up running clubs or running races and everything else. But it's opening doors for me. You know what I mean? It's yeah, a slow yeah. process. But look, I'm fair play to, like you said, all the lads, the running club, the NSC. Look at all them boys are down and all. It's fucking, I love seeing that. And I hope hopefully, I'm hoping one day I'm going to get them all together for a big race. So if they hear this, they'll probably. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So where's the <laughs> yeah. best place to get to, Ken? It's Cherry Archer running on. Cherry Instagram. Archer
1: running coach is my own page. Yeah. Um, the Cherry Archer running club has their own page as well. Um, Ken O'Driscoll on Facebook. Um, yeah, and that's, that's just throw just me a message. You know what I mean? Give me a follow and just like on. I'm, at the moment, I'm, I'm hoping to... I still love my triathlon, so I'm hoping to continue with the Ironman. The long distance running, I think 200k is long enough. I think yeah, i set the bar yeah. high enough for the club. And I, I got injuries I'm getting older, you know what I mean? So now I'm getting into a little bit of calisthetic training, strength building, body build, not body building, but just making me body strong. And I'm going to try to target an age group of 20, 40 and 50-year-olds going into January, February. and You know what I mean? Because I, I feel that they're the ones that I just start to... Not throwing the towel in, but they're thinking... You know what I mean? All the young snappers are there, you know what I mean? All the young lads are out training and getting all their, getting into great shape, their bodies and all. But for me it's about getting your head in a good place. Getting the head stronger, getting the body stronger then for for when you get get older. You can run around after your grandkids picking them up. And, you know what I mean? A lot of lads can't do it now in their 50s, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I hope to go in the future is that down that road. And Bridge. Ocean Rob is obviously on his Instagram
0: as well for. Yeah, yes. But loves. anyone right.
2: who is sea swimming, and there is freezing, but when you go out, at least should be warm. At least you'll be warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alright, wrap it up. Yeah. 103 done and dusted. don't Take us out, Chris. We did the boom the wrong way around. Yeah, yeah. I know. Fuck okay.
0: it. The anxiety showed real. For you, gonna have to do that again. I'm gonna have to look. Boom. I thought it. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Live app. What you
2: waiting for? What you waiting for? Just a
0: little more. What so you waiting for now? Tell your
1: body you can walk it high and low. When you finish that. The hip knocker. Good.